0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show
1: description to support now.
2: Listener discretion is advised.
0: Christmas decoration, there's a fox up there. I've got my twi- Christmas decoration up. My little white fox, the only Christmas decoration I'll ever fucking have.
1: I'm going to buy Kyle Christmas decorations. Alright, I'm going to start because the last two's on the list he's, bit,
0: o- yeah. he's already started he's already <laughs> started oh, is he saying, oh, know. We're start.
1: this is Jay you're talking about <laughs> oh yeah um, he doesn't tell you he you
3: know. said um, oh, we're, we're, we're going to start it, I I thought, it'd be a perfect time to start
4: what is Jordan saying we oh, already starting already started.
3: no
0: uh, when I was saying I don't do Christmas decorations the only one I've got is Fox I think that's when it started wasn't it Jay
1: I'm going to buy yeah, you so Christmas I've, decorations girl. I've, I've I've got lines on my thing, so yeah, I'm good.
0: I don't want Christmas decorations. Then, <laughs> yeah, I yeah, know that's
1: totally. exactly why you're getting them. If you I want them, get you
0: any? No, I'm my Christmas dec more- my Christmas decoration is going to be that Halo light thingy, majiggy, ma What's it?
1: Do be doodle.
0: I've
1: got a Christmas decoration. I've got Christmas decoration in my room. Never given of anything. It's a stormtrooper Christmas tree. Would oh. it not be easier, right,
3: if we just kill a really fat homeless guy that you know, looks like a scruff of a white beard, dress him in a white suit and just hang him from the ceiling? It's not a lot class same... I'm
1: not going to so be a So we're going to kill Phil? Isn't that just ah, going to kill
0: for a guy?
4: No, that's a dead man in a wheelbarrow. For Christmas Kyle.
0: Cri- Christmas, ed- Christmas edition. You have to have him half sticking out your chimney. If you've got a chimney, you have to have him half sticking what out your What if you
4: chimney? don't have a chimney? <laughs> most people don't have chimneys. At oh, they still do have chimneys.
3: I'm lucky enough to have two fireplaces. What? Do you live in a 12th-century nice mansion? I don't live problem? in a mansion.
4: It? You live in a fucking Victorian townhouse. I've got You got a fireplace <laughs> in the bedroom,
3: Stefan. I've got. I haven't got. A fire- fireplace in the bedroom. I've got a fireplace in the in the studio and a fireplace in, in the, the
4: studio. Jay's went middle class. somewhere. He's a Tory.
0: He, he has. He's got a fucking studio and everything. What's going on? he's be got fair, two he fireplaces. Had- he had a studio in his old place and it was just a, basically a little tiny room. Uh, closet I slept in there. I slept uh, in there.
3: I well, I'll send a picture to the group chat of my fireplace.
0: My fireplace is covered by concrete and stuff. My mum and dad basically got blocked up because it used to cause drafts and shit.
4: So fireplaces hmm. do. Cause they, do you know why? Because they're connected to the outside world and they're frightened that that would kill you. That's actually actually
0: quite a nice fireplace. I love the fact that you've got the creepy dolls on top of the fireplace as well. Jay, of course, he's got creepy dolls
3: on it. I like this one better.
0: You like which? Oh god, he's going to go more stuff. Yeah, Jay, it's no good. It's a podcast. People can't see.
4: Yeah, stop doing fire spam. (laughs) We've been (laughs) through. No. <laughs> Just it's fucking.
0: The it's fucking Christmassy. It's bloody re- what? What? It's a red wood. It's like a sort of dark, darkish red. It's a blood red fucking fireplace with a gold <laughs> actual inlay fireplace. Who chose that color? Why is it that color? I love that color, yeah, but why I is mean, it that Jay color? Jay didn't build the house, Kyle. So
1: I'm
0: guessing he didn't put it in. He might have painted it. You know, Jay. It's the type of color Jay would paint it. To be honest, you paint it black.
3: I would love to paint it black. I want See? both of them, but I want them, I want the both uh, mantel stills to look similar, rather than opposite. No, uh, now
4: mantel still
3: mantel pieces. Are you all right?
0: I supp- yeah, bye. <laughs> I, I suppose you sort of combined mantelpiece piece and windowsill. It, it, <laughs> do, no, it does have a, 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 ledge, a ledge, like slash, like it does have a ledge or a platform, so. That might actually be a I'm gonna Google that and see if it's an actual mantle still. Is no. there such a thing as a mantle still?
3: No oh, shit, I've oh, got, got me mango, mind. Me Google's yeah, got I go. I need to Google get Google that. by accident. Right,
0: anyway, this
4: week we're gonna talk about because John Kyle I don't think knows this, but serial killers. So this started, just a little bit of a backstory for our viewers. Because we're talking about Ted Bundy um and oh, kyle God. apparently doesn't know who the
0: fuck he is I, I sort of know who he is i just don't find him interesting he's one of those, kyle... he's one of those just doesn't seem interesting to me he, well he was
4: wanted and there was a detailed description out to all police because they were on the lookout for him he got stopped searched well stopped in his car by police like twice he got to, i'm sure he got taken him for speeding or something like that and still got released Right. They just didn't know it was him and represent himself at trial. And he escaped from prison. Well, from the courts twice. Once he once, I think it was a prison at his own trial, uh, he, he elected to not have a lawyer. Uh, he wanted to represent himself. And in a recess, he asked to go into the library to, for, to refresh, They put him in the library. And while he was in there, he managed to sneak out, disappeared, hid in the mountains for a few days, uh, came down into the village. Uh from what I remember, he, he got in a car or he got someone's car and he drove or stole a car and he drove to where there was a police roadblock because they basically cordoned off the entire town looking for him. Um, at which point he had a lengthy conversation with an officer who didn't realise he wasn't even wearing shoes and then carried on.
0: But you see, He's a legend. But- that type of thing sounds interesting, but a lot of the time when people, like, all the sort of news articles and things like that, and TV shows and stuff, whenever they sort of talk about serial killers, they make them extremely boring. Like, it's just, oh, this dude that killed a couple of people.
4: Yeah, well, the because podcast. they don't want you to be on a podcast quote, he's a legend.
5: True. I, but, know, I, know. I, I,
0: I like I like the interesting ones. Like one, of the reasons Jack the Ripper is so good is because one, he was never caught, and nobody really knows who he was, and he got away with it. But two, it it's the mystery and sort of the mythical stigma around it. Like killers that have that it's mythical like stigma are really good. Like that fucking. What's he called? Guile or Geel the, or... The one Japer in the bloody group chat where he basically dismantled the human victims. that time. that yeah. in, That so interests me because that, he's literally had the time and the patience to
3: dismantle the fucking humans and put them in jars. The thing is about Ed Jean is, right, he got caught because of his own stupidity. What fucker kills people in his own house and buries the bodies under his own floorboards? Well, that's you see, yeah, yeah, you is, say
4: that, but that you're is. gonna find out that that's maybe not as uncommon as you think. <laughs>
0: <laughs> fuck. <laughs> <prayer>. <laughs> It's like people are scared to take them out the house in case people see, so they just decide, fuck it, I'm going to bury it in the house, and then realise, oh shit, corpses fucking decompose and stink. It's pretty easy easy to tell if someone's got a dead body in a house vile smell.
4: So, so, so me and Jay are, co- are going to combine, I'm, I'm doing kind of global. you'll see what I'm going to do soon, but I'm go- we're doing like lesser known, or we're trying to do like maybe lesser known serial killers, so people who... Maybe people haven't heard. of him, not like your Ted Bundy's and your Charles Manson's, but to to while well, we're on the cont- uh, on the topic of popular ones and burying them in their own house, didn't John Wayne Gacy get caught because when they found him, he literally had hundreds—well, not hundreds, but all of his victims buried under the floorboards.
3: Yeah, basically, but like then again, half the um, half the skins were his furniture.
0: Well, yeah, he's making news. <laughs> he it's weird.
3: That's the, that's, the type do you of, know, that's the
0: type of thing I like. If, you, if you're going to kill someone, go Native Indian and use every single part. That way, one, there's no evidence, and two, you're actually getting a use out of being a killer. I, I, I can't, don't like is... it when killers just all waste the body or waste things like for no reason. If you've, got, if you've got reason to kill someone, you've got reason to use certain resources. I loved the Native Indian way of life. I think the Native Indian way of life was possibly one of the best ways of li- no it was possibly one of <laughs> the best ways of living because if they killed a buffalo it was they always went after the weak or the elders, the ones that were already going out. They didn't yeah, they mess with the, the, the ecosystem. With the and
4: stuff like that. Yeah, they didn't
0: and mess they with the everything. ecosystem. They used every single piece, so they were using bones as combs and all that sort of stuff. And granted, we coming other people coming over from more, civil, more civilised, air quotes there, yeah, places, quotes, we found that right. slightly barbaric. Barbaric because, of course, we were using non- Non fucking just scavenge materials. It was basically scavenger, scavenger type thing, but they had they had fucking a brilliant society and they had loyalty and stuff like that. Like, if an all, I can't remember the entire thing, but I read so I read somewhere that if an elder was getting too weak to travel, basically with the rest of the troop and stuff, instead of being a burden to them or go or like if they knew they were going to be a burden and there weren't going to be any help and that sort of stuff, okay. they would just get them to leave them behind because they knew that them being there would cause more issues and likely cause more death for the group. Well, you heard
4: us here first, Kelsey, and sacrifice all the old people.
0: No, because this is the thing. <laughs> it in, sounds in,
3: like a perfect idea to be honest.
0: In in the in the um in the. I can't remember what you call. It. It's not religion. Religious. It's, talking, um, it's not religion. <laughs> it's um. Oh, what's it called? The basically not, the
2: natural selection. No, oh,
0: it's oh, like the, 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 the mentality, the code the code of conduct, it was very much you respected your elders because they had gone through all the same shit that you do, so they had been hunters, they would lived through all the same things, they would had, had to hunt and scavenge them entire been left behind the to die and by and a, all that
4: sort of stuff. Grateful little so, bastards like no, so
2: the, the, <laughs> There was
0: a lot of respect for the elders and they took care of the elders, so even when they were like on death's door, they would take care of them and they would only I knock, think, knock, I knock, knock. They really, yeah I think they would only really abandon them or let them down if the elder opted to like it was the elder's choice you, I'm no use to you anymore go on without us it was only if it was the elder's choice they wouldn't just sort of leave them behind meanwhile I think there's a lot of stories of the colonisation parties coming over and basically sacrificing people because they couldn't make a trip without losing a person and losing weight or getting like using them as bait or anything like that
3: hmm talk about using a us bait right since our uh, this episode's all about serial killers i'm um, ca- can i start with one of my favorite serial killers out there
1: you can't but then i've Me. got some force, <laughs> uh, and i found uh, one as well but it's more of a theory yeah. than a
3: yeah well this one's not a theory this one's an actual guy but, um his his crime okay. ranged from 1924 to 1932 <laughs> his name is hamilton Howard fish also known as albert fish he was an american you serial killer child fish
4: all the time with this
3: i love albert i fish. know you he, do <laughs> he's a fucking brilliant serial killer he was a child rapist and a cannibal. He was also known yeah, as Greyman, the yes. Werewolf of <laughs> the Brooklyn Vampire, the Moon Manic, and the Boogeyman.
0: Is this why your D&D character is so insistent on having a fucking fish?
2: Yeah.
3: No. Probably. Um, yeah. Un- unfortunately, between 1924 and 1932, he's only had three confirmed fish. Unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> there's, <laughs> <Yeah>. there's between <laughs> nine to a hundred plus possible claimed um Albert Fish once boasted that he had children in every state and at one time stated his number of victims was about a hundred. However, it's not known whether he was referring to rapes or cannibalization, nor is it known of the state was t- the statement was truthful. What the f- what the fuck does
0: it matter? If he says victims it just means he's done something to them, in which case he's probably right. <laughs> If you yeah. want to categorize yeah. it, then it becomes important. Yeah, but it, you you so can't go. Fixed. You
4: can't go. Oh, and this no. guy was a serial killer. He's had over hundred victims, and you go, well, actually, deeply raped.
0: <laughs> that doesn't make it any better.
3: It doesn't make it any better.
0: (laughs) It just it just means you have to sort of compartmentalize and fucking narrow narrow it down. It's like narrowing down a fucking search history. It's like how many how many victims did he have? No, that's too many. Okay, how many victims did he not rape? Okay, that's a bit better. Okay, how many victims were in this state? Okay, that's a. bit better
3: The thing is, right? Um, no, you want to know the reason why it's only three confirmed? Hmm. Because he was
0: good at hiding the bodies because he ate them.
3: No, he's, it's not the fact that he was good at hiding the bodies. The only reason he was good. Only reason he had three confirmed victims as well is because he ha- he developed a little talent. Well, not a talent. He developed a little hobby of writing to the parents of the children he kidnapped, killed, and ate a descriptive letter of why he did it, how he did it, and when he did it. Well, at least to get closure. Yeah. Um, there's a famous letter to the mother of Grace Bud in November 1934. Anonymous letter was sent to Grace's parents, which ultimately led to police to fish. Miss Bud was illiterate and could not read the letter herself, so she had her son read it to her. <laughs> now, can you imagine what asking your off, only, it's like your son, it's like, oh, can you? Our daughter's gone, but I can't read this letter. <laughs> read this letter. Do you guys want to hear this br- brilliant, beautiful letter? Fox, come on. Right. He he literally
0: had a fucking killer signature.
3: He, he's, he had he, a killer signature. He's, he's got I love killer I, he's I love serial called. killers to so have a little signature, but hey oh. Yeah, it's always the best. Miss Bud in eighteen ninety four, a friend of mine shipped as a deck hand on the steamer em um, Tamarca, Captain John Davis. They sailed from San Francisco to Hong Kong, China. On arriving there, he and two others went ashore and got drunk. When they returned, the boat was gone. At that time, there was a famine in China. Meat of any kind was from $1 to $3 a pound. So great was the suffering among very poor that all the older children of the 12 were sold to the butchers to be cut up and sold for food in order to keep others from starving. A boy or girl under 14 was not safe in the streets. You could go to any shop and ask for steak, chops, stew, meat. Parts of naked body of a boy or girl would be bought out and you would want it to cut it from it. A boy or girl, behind which the sweetest parts of the body had sold as a fuel cutlet, bought the highest price. John stayed it now so long he acquired the taste of human flesh. And on his return to New York, he stole two boys, one seven and one eleven. <laughs> seven eleven. Fuck's
4: sake. Well, this is not nine eleven.
3: That's not nine eleven. He went seven eleven. He literally went to the seven eleven. That's like a grocery Never mind. I'll go back it? to this. Yeah, we we'll know. <laughs> 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 Fucking <laughs> Americans. <laughs> took them to his house. <laughs> he, took <laughs> he took them up. to his house. Can you imagine stripped he... them naked, tied them <laughs> to the closet, yeah. and burned everything they had on. S- several times every day and night, he spanked them, tortured them, and made them meat good and tender. First, he killed an eleven-year-old boy because he ha- had the fattest ass and, of course, the <laughs> most meat on it.
2: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
3: every part of his body was cooked and eaten except head, bones, and guts. He was he was roasted in the oven, all of his ass boiled, and um, brewed, fried, stewed. The little boy was next, in the same way. At the time I was living at, he gave this actual address, 4-9 um, East hundred Street, we are White right side. He told me so often how good human flesh was, I made up my mind to taste it. On Sunday, the, Sunday June the 3rd, 1928, I, ki- I called on you at 4-6 West 15th Street, brought you a pot cheese, strawberries, we had lunch, Grace sat on my lap and kissed me. I made up my mind to eat her. And on the presence of taking her to the party, you said yes, she could go. I took her to an empty house in Westchester I had already picked out. When we got there, I told her to remain outside. She picked wildflowers. I went upstairs and stripped all my clothes off. I knew it if I did not, I would get her blood on them. When all was ready, I went to the window and called her. Then I, I hid in a closet until she was in the room. <laughs> and so wow, she saw me became- all naked, she <laughs> when she saw me all naked she began to cry and tried to announce sounds ex. like
2: Jay
3: <laughs> <laughs> yep <laughs> I grabbed her and she said she would tell her mama first I stripped her naked how did she kick bite and scratch I choked her to death then I cut into small pieces so I could take my meat to my rooms cook and eat it how sweet and tender her ass roasted in bacon. <laughs> it took me nine days to eat her entire body. Fuck I sick. did not fuck her. No, I could have if I wished. She died a virgin. Right. Okay. No. <laughs> wow.
0: wow. <laughs> I love the fact that he was a cl- that he was like a clean freak and decided. I don't want to get my blo- my clothes bloody, so I'm just going to remove them first. Number two, he had the little girl sat on his lap instead of thinking, "Oh, this little girl's cuter." Oh, look at her, she's smiling or anything like that. His thought was, "I want to
3: eat this creature." And, <laughs> and there's and, another and, letter. Oh, also, another don't
4: letter. send don't send a letter to your victim's parents saying, "A sweet little ass." <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: but d- did the you? The thing is that that was in like ni- that was in nineteen forty that was in 1928. He didn't get caught until 1932. I I want to say like apparently
0: even like even with these diabolical things, it's kind of weird the fact that we know about all this sort of stuff anyway. Because in an ideal sort of society, the police would keep a secret and all that sort of. Stuff. But what's What I find even even funnier is the fact that we know that humans probably taste worse now than they did back then because of the amount of additives and shit that we put in our food. (laughs) So the chances are cannibals nowadays don't get as good of a meal as the cannibals back then because we have so much shit in our food. Is
3: Kyle so are you saying that you're pissed off that like the cannibals had a better meal than and cannibals? Ka- yeah,
0: Kyle's pissed off that it's no point in being a cannibal
4: now because people taste like shit. That's what he's saying.
3: No, I'm, I'm just saying that it would make one
0: hell of a advertising ca- campaign for uh, for anything like that. Like in a world where cannibalism was, all, was like really bad and rampant and everything, you could just say, "Eat this shit food." It might be it might be highly addictive, full of additives, and make you fat but at least you'll taste like shit so they won't want to eat you.
3: Kyle sounds like one of those dodgy posters at school. Don't do drugs, kids. It's bad. No, it's... Don't (laughs) don't eat people. It's bad. Don't eat people. Don't eat people, your (laughs) neighbour. Don't
0: don't eat people. They don't taste good anymore. Find a time machine. Go back a couple of hundred years. Then you can (laughs) eat people. (laughs)
2: You <laughs> so your solution is we, so many we, we us just us become a doc,
3: become a madman in a blue box and go back in time just to slaughter and eat people. Yep. Have you ever seen Doctor Who eat anything? He doesn't
4: That's
3: eat people. Quite- how do you
0: That's know? How do you, how do you know? if it, it might be an entire possibility that the reason he has a com- companion with him all the time is so that he's got a food on hand. A snack? He- he's
4: just taking snacks
0: with him. <laughs> well, well, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's why they're always beautiful women and that type thing. It's
3: snacks. What? <laughs> Never you trust a man who <laughs> eats um, fish fingers and custard. Never, never, never <laughs> trust a man who
0: who is in a who invites you into uh, a tiny little police box, which is bigger on the inside than it is on the outside, you <laughs> through fucking time and space.
4: That's what well, that's what Kyle was getting. That never, never trust a man who invites you into a, in, in a police box.
3: Are you ready for the next letter? No. That I found. It's a shame police boxes aren't still around. Right, this letter is about a child called Billy Gaffney on February eleventh, nineteen
0: twenty-seven. I, I feel like we're, we're going to get taken off air and live up to a name for do, for saying all this shit on air. Probably, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's educational. Be your fault. It is. It's ed- educational. It is educational. This yeah. is the educational episode of us educating all of you guys. Educational cannibalism.
3: Like, well, it's not
1: cannibalism. It's serial killers. and I've got one right. after, after Jay's finished.
3: I brought him to the Riker of Dumps. There is a house that stands alone, not far from where I took him. I took the G-boy there, stripped him naked and tied his hands and feet and gagged him with a piece of dirty rag I picked out of the dump. Now I burnt his clothes, threw his shoes in the dump, then I walked back and took Trolley to 59th Street at 2am and walked home from there. Next day, about 2 pm, I took twos, a good heavy cat of nine tails, homemade, short handle, cut one of my bells, bells belts, sorry, belts in half, sl- sl- slit knees half in six strips, in about eight inch long. I ripped his bare behind until blood ran from his leg. I cut off his ears, nose, slit his mouth from ear to ear, gouged his eyes out, he was deadening. I stuck the knife in his oh, belly, no, and I no. held my mouth to his body and drank his blood. I picked up f- four old potato sacks and gathered a pile of stones. Then I cut him up. I had a grip with me. I put his nose, yes, and a few slices of his belly in the, in the grip. <laughs> As you do. As yeah, it is, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> then I cut him through the middle of his body, just below his belly button. Then through his legs about two inches below his behind i put his put it in my grip with a lot of paper i cut off the head feet arms hands and the legs below the knees this i put in sacks weighted with stones tied the ends and threw them into pools of slimy water you see you will see all along the ward going to north beach water is three to four feet deep they sank at once I came home with my meat. I had had the front of his body I liked the best. His monkey and his peewees and the nice little fat behind to roast in the oven and eat. (laughs) (laughs) I made a stew out of his ears, nose pieces (laughs) of his face and belly. I put onions, carrots, turnips, celery, salt and pepper. It was good. This is this guy's fucking Golden Ramsy. The real life version yeah. of fucking Hannibal Lecter. Yes, I think Hannibal Lecter was inspired. No, Hannibal Lecter was inspired by Ted Bundy. Never mind. Now I split split the cheeks, <laughs> off <his> behind <laughs> open, and I cut off his monkey and peeves and washed them first. I strip. I put strips of bacon on each cheek of his behind and put it in the oven. Then I picked four onions and when meat had roasted about a quarter of an hour, I poured about a pint of water over it for gravy and put the onions in. At frequent intervals, I I basted his behind with a wooden spoon so the meat would be nice and juicy. (laughs) In about two hours, it was nice and brown, cooked through. I never ate any roast turkey that tasted half as good as his sweet, fat little behind did. (laughs) I ate every bit of meat in about four days. This little monkey was sweet as a nut, but his peewees I could not chew, (laughs) so I threw them in the toilet.
0: (laughs) Right. Okay. (laughs) One, one, what the fuck was that last bit? Two... I don't like fatty meat, so I don't think I could be a cannibal, because all that just sounds really fatty. Like, eating someone's arse, it, it's just mostly fat, isn't it? And so, and, and, and three, Jay, please do not read out a, a letter of someone, like an acu- a detailed description of someone cutting up someone and eating them alive, but sound like Bob Ross painting a fucking happy little tweet <laughs> Well, casually referring constantly to
4: his little peewees.
0: I'm. I'm just. Go- I'm. We're just gonna cut off his little peewees and I. I put. I put yeah. his uh, little, little. behind in. In the oven, and I ba I bazed it until it was brown with a wooden spoon. We're just gonna make some happy little, ca- happy little carrots and turnips and onions into the gravy and, <laughs> fucking hell, man, it was like Bob.
3: We will kill Jesus. So, Nam, do you understand why Albert Fish is one of my favorite.
4: No, see I understand why. <laughs> I don't understand that you now have an unhealthy obsession with them. Now I understand.
0: I, un- why. I under I understand why you don't fucking read to
3: children. <laughs> yeah, that's all I understand now. I will read to a child every night. Please, Give me, your... you do not use that same voice because it, it's it's it's
0: like it's like the Bob voice, Bob Ross voice, but it's Bob very much <laughs> sort of slightly Royce. unnerving. But I think it's be- mainly because of the topic. But it's slightly unnerving ha- hearing such a sort of kind and happy. And yeah, we're just gonna add some happy little trees. But about such a dark topic, it's like, yeah, we're we're just going to cut off these giblets and then we'll roast them and put them, we'll put them on a skewer and then we'll just put them over the barbecue for five minutes. And then once we've done that, we're just going to add some happy little tomatoes and some peppers.
3: (laughs) I didn't say happy little tomatoes or happy little peppers. I know that's just me ex- ex- accent. <laughs> You're just like <all laughs> exaggerating because <laughs> I guess I, I a a sounded like Bob Moss. Bit, a
0: little bit, but like the the whole just that voice saying his 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 be his his, uh, his uh, oh what was little it peewees. his li- little peewees and uh, but what was it chewy meaty behind or some shit like that just referring yeah. to someone's ass. While in that voice, it's
3: the thing is, but well, I'm quite. Cons- I I, I want to know what his monkey, his little monkey is. What well, what his no, little monkey was. He was
0: calling him a little monkey. He was
3: calling him a little monkey. I want to know. No, was I,
0: his... I want to know what the fuck. What the fuck the little peewees were because there was two of them, and I usually th- assume that if someone calls something a peewee, it's his fucking penis. Yeah.
3: Well, maybe that's why he little was referring
0: balls. To, a penis. His little balls. I know. It, it, it was. It was. D- didn't he say peewees?
3: Didn't he had an s on the end?
4: Yeah, he's a
3: little boy. It might, might have just, like, referenced to the full penis itself, you know, the shaft, the testicles, <laughs> that kind of thing.
0: Also, it's another thing, I know he wants to also, but I can't tell whether it's this guy writing it badly or Jay just reading it and mispronouncing and
3: being bad at reading it out. Because, but it no, back in us. You know, literally, he was, um, Albert Fish was dyslexic, but he had an obsession of writing letters to parents of his victims. As you do, as you do. Fair do. I've never met a dyslexic person
0: who likes who likes writing writing, <laughs> writing to people and stuff. I've I've like I I've I've been with I've uh, helped dyslexic people who've like they've wanted to write and stuff because they know that they need to, but they've never wanted to write to write letters or out of pleasure and it's always been a struggle for them and they've not wanted to do it. It's just they've had to learn how to do it.
3: The thing is you never know really just because they couldn't do it doesn't mean they don't want to do it. Yeah, Kyle. Don't don't judge Kyle. Yes, I'm, not, judge I'm, I'm Kyle. not judging.
0: I'm not judging. <laughs> they verbal they verbally told me they hate writing and they would prefer if they never had to touch a pen in their entire life. Even that they were only doing it because they had to.
4: I like that when Kyle gets accused, his voice fucks off. <laughs> yeah, <he does.
3: laughs> so Jordan, what have you found before um... Stefan? Takes the whole show for me. I was yeah. drinking
1: Coke, you cook. Cook, cook. You're, you're drinking <laughs> Coke, you cook. <laughs> <laughs> I was meant to drink no, a in the um, How
4: dare you accuse me of that? So
1: the one I found <laughs> I'm is <not> a cook. <laughs> the Zodiac Killer. Ooh. Yeah.
3: Oh. It's, it's, the Zodiac Killer was like...
1: He wrote letters, he letters the to the FBI.
3: No, he wasn't a character. No, he, he a killed person. a load of people, got, but then he, he brought got letters, got letters to the FBI and he
0: never got caught. I'm sure there's a film about the Zodiac Killer, mm. but it's a little off more... you.
1: It says here...
3: Wait mm. one, I'll, ask the, I'll ask my resident psychopath.
5: <laughs> Zodiac Killer.
1: What?
0: You didn't get caught. He said that, Steve, uh, yeah. Um... He left... Oh, uh, yeah, he was... He a was, uh... Right. In... Yeah. I, has... okay. Jordan, Sorry. go Sorry. ahead.
1: The Zodiac Killer It <laughs> was an unidentified American serial killer who was believed to have murdered six people. Primarily in Nor- Northern California between 1966 and 1969. The case inspired influential 1971 film Dirty Harry. Now we we'll go. Which, which starred Clint Eastwood and it was the subject of the clinically acclaimed David Fincher drama Zodiac. Get below. Oh, you know. Whoa, what was that? <laughs> right. He turned into a Mario. <laughs> the Zodiac Killer's <laughs> apparent first victim was an 18-year-old college student and was stabbed to death in Riverside, California in 1966. Although this murder is mur- uh, murder is commonly attributed to the Zodiac Killer, some experts claim it was not committed by him. Soon after the murder, a local newspaper received a letter that provided details of the crime and declared that the victim was neither the first nor the last. In 1968, a teenage couple was shot to death near their car in a remote area north of San Francisco. One year later, another couple was attacked in similar circumstances. Though the male victim survived, after the 1969 attack, the killer phoned police to alert them to the crime and to take responsibility for the 1968 murders. Later that year, the Zodiac killer attacked another young couple, though once again the male survived. The last victim, a taxi driver, was shot in October nineteen sixty nine. The murders. Is, is
0: there details as to how they were attacked? Because if two of them survived, surely they should have been able to ID him.
1: Like say like he looks like this. Um it just says basically that he was survived. That the survivors didn't actually say <laughs>
3: The thing is, about the Soviet killer, he was like, he left a lot of clues. Like, he wanted to be caught, but no one couldn't de- decipher the clues he left behind. Mm-hmm. So
0: that just good um, so.
3: In all fairness, You know, to- Ferris, you took the piss out of me for, like, the way I was reading the letter, right? Can I just point out that Jordan has the most monotone yet calming voice when he reads? <laughs> yeah. So how come he never picked up on his creepiness, but picked picked up on mine? Does he never fucking
1: reads? <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, that,
1: that's right. one the points. We have picked can up con- on him before. Can I continue? Yes, yes you can. In my calm, creepy voice.
3: Yes, teacher. He- In the calm, Bob boss, creepy voice.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the, mur- the, mur- the murders <laughs> were the subject of intense investigation and media coverage, partly because M- of the killer's taunting letters and phone calls
2: which now he explained,
1: in which he explained the mystical and intellectual basis of his decision to kill. His letters demonstrated great interest in astrological symbolization, symbolism and may have reflected the influence of occult religious force popular in California at the time. Much remains mysterious about the Zodiac case, not least the issue of when the crime stopped. Crime writer Robert Graysmith has argued that the Zodiac Killer remained active through the 1980s and murdered dozens more people. Though this view is controversial, during the 1990s, several investigators claimed to have identified the Zodiac Killer. The, subs- the suspect most often cited s- was Arthur Lee Allen, a Valjo, California schoolteacher. Who had been institutionalised in 1975 for child molest- molestation? Through his identification with the Zodiac killer has never been sust- sustainable. And that's it.
2: That's-
1: <coughs> I, I like and the fact it.
0: that he took holidays in between. He, ha- he didn't kill someone for like he killed someone, then waited a year to kill the next one, and then waited
3: a year or a few months for the next one. He took. That's a probably
1: why I never got. That's why he probably never got caught.
3: Yeah, because yeah. he didn't do it too quickly. <laughs> it's like a full time job, isn't it? Oh, I've got to go to work. It's like he's fucking <gasps> Santa Claus.
0: He might have been. Kyle, I'm sorry. But that—that no, that is the the way you don't get caught as a killer is don't kill people in really close really clo- close time frames because it just gives the police more to work with if you wait for like a year half the time the police would have just sort of put it on the back burner type thing and Ooh. they'll be paying attention to the case so it's the fact of you wait a year and it's all the attention sort of gone off it and all the police have run out of steam and all that sort of stuff so it would actually be pretty interesting I
1: found, I found, a, I found a timeline okay says, the Zodiac Killer, a timeline. The elusive killer has never been found. And in captions, it's got, I like killing people because it's so much fun.
0: Is that a quote or is that just the...
1: That's a quote from what, one of the, what the Zodiac uh, an Killer said.
0: I mean, to be fair, it, it does sound quite fun. Uh, it does,
3: like, it's, like the, it's the whole like, aspect of cat and mouse, really.
0: Yeah, and it's it's, it's also what the, one of those things where it's forbidden fruit, like everything everything that we've been taught since like while growing up and all that sort of stuff. The fact that we've got jails as like a fear mongering technique and all that sort of stuff. It's literally the type of forbidden fruit of it's sort of the same concept of drinking alcohol when you're 13 and stuff, and you're not meant to be drinking it. It's always better when you're 13 than when you're 18 because when you're 18 you can legally do it so it loses a bit
3: of the thrill
2: Hmm.
3: Adrenaline doesn't really kick it off much yeah the thing is, as humans, we get bored easily. Humanity should not be stuck in a socialized system. That would say you can't do this, I can't do that. When in fact, our social, like all, our social skills, from thousand years ago before we even developed a social our society, where it right, was main questions were: can I kill it? Can I cook it? Can I fuck it? Can I kill me? Can a I, lot I that shite.
5: It's, we are it's, naturally it's,
3: born killers. It's, it's
0: it's how do I how do I survive? What do I have to kill? And how can I make sure my species keeps going? Yeah, and then it became yeah. and then it became <clears throat> how do I survive? How do I how do I gain wealth? How do I make sure my line continues? And then all that basically became.
3: I do, I of I do. We all have that like that instinct to kill. We all get angry at someone to the point where we will go, like, blood-raged it's why, to them. It's why sports are so popular,
0: because it brings out the competitiveness and the aggressiveness of the killer the killer instinct. The killer instinct, like, in boxing, the whole point is you're trying to disable your opponent. So you're tapping into that killer instinct, and you're, you're using your intelligence as well. And yes, there's rules, but you're tapping into that natural human aggressiveness. It's why the, it's why sports like boxing and even just football and things like that, it's still got a hint of aggressiveness. And you've heard football crowds, you've heard crowds at any sort of sport event. They'll get pumped up and they'll get angry. But I think the only sport that I've never heard anybody angry at is bloody tennis. And that's because people go there to have a picnic.
1: And cricket. We don't get angry at cricket.
3: You punched a fucking floor you really broke and your broke your hand. Your hand. You cannot say you don't <laughs> get angry at cricket.
1: I, mean, I wasn't angry at someone else, I was just angry at myself.
3: Yeah, but you got angry at John Cricket, <laughs> so therefore
1: you, you get angry at cricket. It was once.
3: Yeah, the spectators don't get angry, it's just Jordan the player. <laughs> Kyle, I listened to the podcast, you recorded, when you were watching Jordan play, you got a bit agitated.
0: I did get uh, I, no I got more agitated <clears throat> at the fact that I thought it was gonna last an hour, it lasted seven hours. They had five minute breaks every five minutes and it felt like it was it felt like there was no score or what the fuck was going on. It felt like there was no it's cricket for you. <coughs> it, it was, right, it Stephen. Was like I wasn't yes. watching a sport, I was watching people play a game and play a game that lasted seven hours that had no real intention.
3: That is cricket? Yeah, it is quick. Stefan? Sorry, Gordon. Yep. Take the lead, boy. Well, I have a oh, serial
1: was, was killer. Was Jordan
2: finished?
1: Actually, John, were you finished? Yeah, he you went and uh, batted. No, I, found, I said that I found the, t- the timeline sort of thing. Well, but my, No, it doesn't matter. My... <laughs> All right. <laughs> <Are> <laughs> you, you can sure, go if you want. Baby? Uh, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan, do your and time- if one
3: now, uh, I would like to say um, to the audience right now, that was a Christmas miracle. Now it's the most you hear Jordan speak until next year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jordan, do you want to do your timeline? No, it's fine. Because I'm, I'm, we're willing to let you do your t- timeline. Yeah. Especially, especially with, with
3: something the, that the, you're so interested in. Apologize, I apologize. Um, we've got a bit carried away.
0: Yes, we, we apologize for going on a tangent.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, right then. Before you do, <laughs> gee, you know this mystery flavor fanta I got—that's uh, apple.
3: Oh, mm-hmm. thanks for ruining it for us.
4: I mean, I read the instructions before uh, the, the ingredients before I bore, before I bought it, and I did say that in the chat. But it's 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 weird because it tastes like it should be alcoholic. It's like sours and lemonade. Is what it tastes like. It's not like normal apple juice.
3: Sour, so the new Fanta, guess the flavour, tastes like sours and lemonade. It tastes
4: like, like apple sours, like with lemonade, like weaker version. It's, it tastes like it should be alcoholic.
3: And that's just a mindfuck. Which both
4: pleases me and upsets me. As why? Because like, it, it tastes why alcohol, alcohol, It's not alcoholic. Yeah. In, anyway, in, July, July. in July of
1: 1969, a letter arrived at the San Francisco Examiner's newspaper. Contain those chilling words in a coded message. I like killing people because it's so much fun. The sender, the soon-to-be notorious Zodiac, a serial killer who terrorised Northern California in the late 1960s and early 1970s, with a combination of grisly murders, murders and bizarre public letters brimming with horrific threats, demented demands, and mysterious ciphers teasing his identity. That identity has stemmed law enforcement officials, professional code breakers, and armchair criminologists alike for nearly five decades. While officially connected to five murders and two attempted murders, the Zodiac hinted he had killed at least 37 victims. After taunting the police and the public with nearly two dozen communications, he seemed to vanish in the late 1970s. So... Um, when when was he, When was his first kill? Hold on. He was linked to the first thing he was murder. He was linked to was in 1963 to to two student deaths.
0: Okay, so it it was seven year span basically. Th- yes, yeah. that's, that's that's a pretty that's a pretty good going, especially if he if they reckon he had more victims. But even just having the like gap in between that's still pretty good go and it's smarter to have the gap in between. i I was just trying to figure out whether he like stopped of old age or anything, because if he was an older gentleman he might have stopped because he became a
1: bit less capable. Um but his twisted legacy and jurors having inspired three real life copycat killers and dozens of books, TV shows and movies, including most famously Clint Eastwood's nemesis in the film Dirty Harry. Below is a cr- cr- chronological order of both his known murders and several that show si- strong signs of the Zodiac hand. So, Sin Barbara, so he
2: had June
1: the fourth, yeah. So, in June the fourth, nineteen sixty-three, San Barbara, Barbara.
0: Friends,
1: he, fabulous he, a So, in Robert Domingos and his fiancée, no, not De Niro, and his (laughs) fiancée, Linda Edwards, were seniors at Lompoc High School in (laughs) Southern California. On Tuesday in early June 1963, the couple decided to use the senior ditch day to go sunbathing on a beach near a state park. When the two teenagers didn't return home by Wednesday, Robert's father went to the beach and was horrified to discover their bodies lying together inside the remains of a crumbling shack. The victims, bound with rope, had apparently tried to escape but were shot and killed with a twenty two calibre weapon. Robert was shot 11 times and Linda had been shot 9 times. The killer then dragged the bodies to the shack where he tried and failed to start a fire. Investigators had a few leads, but in 1972, the Santa, Santana Barbara County Sheriff's Department announced a possible Zodiac connection. The beach killer used Winchester Western Super X ammunition, the same ammunition used by the Zodiac during the 1968 murders on Lake Herman Road. Domingo, the Domingos and the Edwards case has also had similarities to the Zodiac's attack of another young couple at Lake Borussia in 1969. Uh Riverside October 30th. <laughs> <laughs> Riverside no October thirtieth, nineteen sixty six. This was a possible zodiac. <laughs> that was apparently <probably> funny.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> We're getting background entertainment We've we've got our own uh, clap track
1: now. <laughs> Right. The, 18 year old Sherry Josephine Bates lived with her father Joseph and was a student at Riverside City College in Riverside, California
4: You, you know when Joseph's got a daughter called Josephine you know you fucking deal with Americans out, don't you?
1: It was Sherry Josephine Bates Still You knew You knew <laughs> On October 30th 1966 she left a note that read Dad went to the RCC library the next morning, her Volkswagen Beetle was found abandoned in the library parking lot, and her body was lying nearby between two houses. She had been stabbed several times, and her throat was slashed. Police found a men's Timex watch at the crime scene, a print from a military boot, and some hairs and dried blood on the victim's hand. Sherry Josephine's purse was intact, and an autopsy revealed no evidence of sexual assault. One month. After the murder, the local newspaper and the police department received typewritten letters titled The Confession from someone who claimed to be the killer. The author, the author wrote, Miss Bates was stupid. She went to the slaughter like a lamb and added, I am not sick, I am insane.
4: <laughs> yeah, get that right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> In April well, call me sick. In April 1967, the newspaper, the police, and Joseph Bates received virtually identical handwritten letters which read, Bates had to die. There will be more. The notes were signed with a symbol which resembled the letter Z. In 1969, Riverside Police contacted investigators in Northern California regarding the similarities between the Zodiac crimes and the murder of Sherry Josephine Bates. Sherwood Morrill, then-documents examiner for the California Department of Justice, concluded that the Zodiac was responsible for the notes linked to the Bates case. The Riverside Connection was later revealed to the public by Paul Avery, reporter for the San Francisco Chronicle.
0: You Zodiac? It's never, it's never revealed by the police. It's always revealed by some reporter who managed to somehow bribe a policeman and get
1: the info. <laughs> Yes. Um, Zodiac then sent a letter to the Los Angeles Times indicating that the killer confirmed the fear that he had killed Bates. The Zodiac wrote, I do have to give them credit for stumbling across my riverside activity, but they are only find the easy ones. There are a hell of a lot more down down there. Years later, Riverside Police rejected the Zodiac theory and focused on a man who said was was a jilted former lover of Bates. In the late 1990s, police obtained a sample of the suspect's DNA to compare with the DNA taken from the hairs found in the victim's hand. In 1966, the DNA didn't match and the suspect denied any involvement in the murder.
0: I mean, you're not really going to admit that you've murdered that many people, especially when the DNA evidence says you didn't.
4: Didn't want me to do it a lot harder as well as there was so many like after the first letter, there were so many like fake letters being sent in, like so many people were writing it the police going, "Oh, I did this and pretend to be the killer and they just weren't
0: I, I want right. to know what, what the mentality is for you to do that, and I know we keep interrupting you, Jordan and I'm sorry, but That's it, fine. it's to do with the topic, and it it is quite interesting because you see, I don't understand the mentality of you want to pretend to be the killer. And then you might end up getting the police coming at your door, arresting you, thinking that you're the actual killer. you might end up going to prison for life or getting executed, depending on the time scale for I don't for you being I think it's just, I
4: don't think it's sad. I think I think it's just you know how like some people like romanticize it and stuff like that. some people like the idea of it so some people like how they'll have pen pals like Bundy got married when he was in prison and stuff like that, like because some people just like that kind of thing that's that's what attracts them I,
2: and I, I, think I think it's
4: like, maybe it's the same kind of thing it's maybe it's the thrill part of it's maybe it's the oh well if i do it then there'll be that many going in um then they'll not be able to find out who he is and he'll keep getting away with it like almost helping them because you romanticize it or maybe it's just a kind of a might as well fuck with the police kind of situation
3: yeah i don't think but it's I'm necessarily it's people get bored i like they need something to do Back then, there wasn't much... You couldn't they like, just go online and just go and yeah, watch porn? You, you had to do some with your time. Yeah, you couldn't yeah, go right. watch porn it was... so you'd
0: write letters to the police. Jay. it it, oh. it was it was usually you would find other ways to entertain yourself like it it Everyone wasn't people. exactly like it was a couple of hundred years ago where there was not much to do other than a few simple activities you still had things like sports events and going to your friends houses and having a having some beers or cooking as like a hobby or anything like that or didn't they have t- didn't they have like like radios and stuff like that back then as well
4: Back when the you, the dinosaurs walked the earth and people got bored, they used to draw cave paintings and leave it for the medieval police.
3: Exactly. <laughs> even the, even the
0: cavemen had fucking more sense than that.
3: <laughs> in all fairness, right, in all fairness, of course people had radios and that, but they didn't have us to entertain <coughs> them. You That's saying? a
0: very good point. They didn't if have we weren't on air, people would still be writing letters to the police.
3: <laughs> no, okay. so we just admitted that we might let us to the police saying we killed someone No,
0: no. what we're admitting oh, is people, people listen to us and then might let us to the police say and arrest these idiots, the fucking insane Okay, right. that's, a,
4: that's it's possible
3: in, in that note, before Jordan carries on I would like to say it's time to say hello to the audience Hello and welcome to Take It Off Fair 10 minutes early 10 minutes
1: early Shit, I'm 10 minutes early It's
3: alright, I'll count Right, Jordan,
1: carry on <laughs> Right. You... The next one was December December uh, 20th, 1968. The month, in, uh, I like it. Well, December, the month. Uh,
0: it is, to be honest.
1: Uh, Benicia. The five, house of No, somewhere in America. Oh. Uh, five Nights Before Christmas, high school students Betty Lou Jensen and David Faraday Set out on their set out on their first official date together, promising Betty Lou's parents he would be home by eleven p.m. Never promise the parents that you're going to be home at a certain time. Hey John, this is the olden days where you actually did it.
0: Um, I'm,
1: know, am I, am I the
0: Scallion. only? Am I the only one that can't hear a word name that ends in Lou without thinking who? So Betty Lou who?
4: Yeah, that's just You're
0: you. On You're the only one. That's no, no, just you. Just as soon as I heard, as soon as, I heard, uh, you. as soon as John said Betty Lou, I was like, "Come on, please say who at the end." And then he said a surname,
4: and I was
1: like, "Oh, damn it!" Right. If it was
4: Wu, I could understand it. Like,
1: woo-hoo. No, it's, woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. it's Betty Lou. Betty right. Lou. <laughs> shortly, shortly after that time, passing motorists saw the rambler and its occupants parked at a lovers' lane spot along Lake oh. Herman. Road in Benicia, California. Moments later, another driver noticed two seemingly lifeless bodies on the side of the road. Benicia, police, and others responded to the scene and discovered Betty Lou dead, with five bullet wounds in her back. It was the Grinch. (laughs) His heart heart got small again. (laughs) The Grinch killed Betty Lou. (laughs) <laughs> the grid stole someone's life! <laughs> um, <laughs> he's finding this way more funny than it <laughs> actually is. Yeah. David was found next to the Rambler with a bullet hole in his wound in his head. Still breathing, but near death. How the
3: fuck could he be still breathing if
4: someone shot him in the fucking pi- pinpoint eye? die instantly. Also, was David Faraday, was he related to Michael Faraday? Is it Michael I don't Faraday know, it doesn't say. It. created the Faraday cage?
1: Uh, breathing, but near death. Bullet holes in the car's roof and back window indicate the killer may have fired warning shots to force the victims out the vehicle. I feel like I've just went beyond Jordan's window of giving a shit. <laughs> Here we have shell Jordan. casing. Yes. <laughs> she doesn't care <get> anymore.
0: <laughs> is is, is Rambler a car? Yes. Yeah, I Assume so. They went in a Rambler pile because I, I, I think that's a. I think that's like a the perfect car that we need for this show is a company car, the fucking Mambler. I feel like it's an <clears> it
4: old American piece of shit. It's uh, jail, right. love
1: it? <laughs> Shell casings recovered at the crime scene identified ammunition as Winchester Western Super X copper-coated. Ballistic evidence indicated that the killer used a twenty two caliber, possibly a J.C. Higgins model. Jordan! Eight- Yes. Why are you killing people? Stop letting them get guns. <laughs> semi- the end. 80 semi-automatic pistol. Investigators believe the two teenagers were likely, ra- likely random targets killed by a stranger for unknown reasons.
0: Is this the Riverside one? Because then it was just a gangbang.
1: No, the in a rambler. <laughs> this is in Benicia.
0: I refuse to believe there's a place. I know. I know you already <laughs> went through this. You confirmed that Benicia is in fucking America. America, but I refuse it's to in believe in California. That, I refuse to believe that Americans managed to name something nice. Nice, right? Benicia definitely sounds like an Italian place. The, ne- the next one was
3: it's part of Little Italy in San Francisco.
4: You you I say think. that, Kyle? But every every single town and state in America is named after something else somewhere
1: in the world because it couldn't <coughs> be asked to think of their own shit true the next the next one was in on July 4th 1969 so this has been a bit of a wait uh, and it was in vale, Valjo Vallejo yeah that one Vallejo 22 year old Darlene F- Ferrin was a wife, mother and a popular waitress at a restaurant, on the night of July the fourth, she picked up friend Michael Magu
0: Maguire. Michael Mc- Magu. No. Michael Magu. Is it Mike? <laughs> Is it actually Magu?
1: <laughs> Mickey Magu.
2: <laughs>
1: Magu. <laughs> and stopped her Corvair in the parking lot of a Blue Rock Springs Park. Michael. Kyle, yeah. your <laughs> al- al- alter ego. <laughs> No, Kyle's Mike Gordon is a weapon to kill someone. That's all I've gotten from this. Michael later told police that another vehicle pulled into the lot around midnight and then left only to return minutes later. The driver got out the car, shined a bright light and fired into the Corvair with a 9mm handgun. Michael was shot in the jaw, shoulder and leg. Darlene was hit several times. A 20-1... Oh, that's a Southern American name, isn't it? Darlene...
2: Darling, darling, darling,
3: darling.
2: In a co- <laughs> <laughs> in a call. In a call. I don't know yeah.
4: if you like the piss off. You actually think that's that's not the song, you know?
1: I know that's not the song. All right, Gip I just stick. I don't
4: know because something the, you have your in, moment.
1: In a call. In a, in a call. In, call. in
4: a call. God, they were in a <laughs> ramble, now they're in call.
1: Jordan's getting more and more
2: American
4: (laughs) as this goes on.
1: Yeah. In a call, Call. later traced to a gas station payphone, a man ran the the, the Vallejo Police Department and claimed responsibility (laughs) for the shooting as well as the murders on Lake Herman (laughs) Road. According to the police dispatcher, the caller spoke in a low, monotonous voice. It was Jordan. Jordan with Jordan
3: Say, saying no, I, that Jordan is to kill
1: I want to report voice. a murder if you will Look go one him. mile <laughs> 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 <laughs>
3: if,
1: I want, want to, to report a down. murder <laughs> <laughs> if you will go one mile east on Columbus Parkway you will find kids in a brown car they were shot with a 9 millimeter Luger I also killed those kids last year goodbye Luger Luger you said lauga Leoga. I was trying to talk monotone.
0: You were trying to talk monotone, so you over accentuated something and made it sound completely different.
1: <laughs> Darlene Yeah, I'm uh, not ready right to deal Darlene, with this. Died Darlene died on arrival at the hospital. But Michael survived. Kyle, you survived. Yay! <laughs> Investigators were unable book. were unable to identify any viable suspects. Ooh, there's letters. Uh, the letter to the Vallejo Times Herald postmarked July the 31st, 1969. July! <laughs> the writer claimed horrible. responsibility for two of the shootings and provided details about the victims, the weapons, the number of shots fired, and the brand of ammunition. Mm.
0: <clears throat> Couldn't this just be a policeman playing a trick on his fellow officers and pretend, getting the thrill out of pretending to be the murderer while working on this case?
4: Quite possibly. To be honest, I wonder
0: if that's ever actually happened. If it's been discovered that the murderer was in fact the one the policeman working on the case. Uh, I will. I'll, I'll, well. I'll go into
4: more detail, kind of off air. But if you go on, you know, can you remember ages ago on Channel
0: f- possibly five? I think it was uh, Unsolved Mysteries. Uh, I didn't really watch it much because it's it's not my type of TV show like things right. like that. Well, I
4: would recommend watching the redone, the restarted with the same producer uh, on Netflix and, and that on Netflix. Yeah, and if you watch them, there's an episode in that in which the woman was dead. She was found if I remember correctly, she was found with a rope around her neck hanging from the door of her car. Like, and people were like, "Well, how would she die from that?" Because it's not actually high enough. Like, you just stand up, like your natural reaction would kick in. You wouldn't physically be able to do it. Yeah. Um. But basically, long winded way, the first officer on the scene was found out to be the person she was having an affair with and stuff like that, and it's like totally covered up and it's totally unsolved, but it's clearly fucking him. And I would recommend watching that series because it's it's brilliant.
2: <laughs>
4: you'd you'd like it, Kyle. Uh and, and it t- well, kinda of twists your brain because it's all about um obviously cases that are officially unsolved. So you kinda of draw your own conclusions. But yeah, watch that. You should watch it.
1: Cool. I've just looked at the i I've just looked at the letters. Whoever this person was, he was a shit... His handwriting was shit. Uh, maybe that was on purpose, Jordan.
4: Because if he was a police officer, you'd recognise his handwriting instantly.
0: That's, that's right. a good point. If I was to write a murder murder letter, I'd probably... Right left I'd hand? Practice, I'd probably practice with my left... I was about to say, I'd practice with my left yeah. hand for a little bit and then write with my left hand, so it looks nothing like my normal writing.
4: Well, that's us fucked if a scribbly letter goes into the police because someone's been murdered. <laughs> <laughs> That's just my writing. Maybe
0: the first of
1: the question.
0: Uh, that's just my normal handwriting If
1: it's scribbly. right. The next one was in on September twenty seventh, nineteen sixty nine. It's a two month break. That's Hold my on. fucking I've writing. Ju- I've, I've just seen the writing. He's a doctor.
0: No, if you if you remove if you add joins into the writing, that's my fucking writing.
1: So you're a serial killer?
3: I heard a Jack Cow is a serial killer.
0: I mean the way he do, the the way he does the case is a little bit different, but the fact that he just randomly capitalizes certain letters because it's what he's used to and the way he just sort of scribbles W's and stuff, it's exactly the same as my cursive, just without the joins. What the fuck?
3: Right. Oh so that is actually your handwriting, what the fuck?
0: I love the fact he had a symbol on it. He took the time to do a to like sort of put a line across the bottom as if he was finished and he was going to put a signature, then continue on. And on the the other one, he's actually put a symbol <clears throat> on it, which is just a target. Right. Wait
1: a minute. Here's another.
0: Anyway, sorry, Jordan. Continue. We keep on going off topic. Well,
1: we'll go look, off topic. We'll go on topic. Look, but we'll
0: on time. look at the
1: suspect sketch.
0: Suspect sketch. Is this the one upon
1: that's on? the group ch- upon the
3: group chat? I need a start, Adam needs to shut up.
1: Okay, I have
0: never worn a fucking medieval mask with glasses. That's a medieval <laughs> executioner's mask with glasses. Right, so the when next murder exactly
4: at- how you that's exactly how you kill people, and it's exactly what you'd say if you were caught.
0: Why is he drawn a penis on the car with crimes listed base of evidence?
3: Because and... why is that? Penises all so over to boys' toilets. That's the main question. Not no. Why did the serial killer drew a penis on his victim's vehicle? Also,
0: Jordan, the f- like this picture that you've sent. The fact that the light in the background is bringing off this ominous orange glow looks like you're the murderer. Just looking at your own profile.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I am. S- well, I am quiet.
3: Not today's episode.
1: No. Hello. <laughs> oh, no, you won't shut up.
4: <laughs> was, so lads is, uh, is it, is so
3: it, this was supposed to be hosted by me and Stefan, it's hosted by me and Jordan
4: yeah it was so this is mine and Jay's episode about lesser known killers I not have heard of but first of all uh, two hours of Jordan talking about someone everyone's heard of <laughs> well, but at least fair, he's talking and it is interesting
0: to be fair, I didn't realize he was a real person. I thought it was just oh, like a. it, I it just was made just think for a party and Character. We, the only the only time I would heard of the <laughs> Zodiac Killer was in Dirty Harry, so I thought it was a concept made up for that film. No, right.
2: So
1: I, I do next like The next, it. Mur- the next murder was yeah. Lake, Berryessa. Yeah, fuck you, Kyle, and your theories. Jordan's carrying on. <laughs> Keep <laughs> calm, carry on.
0: I wasn't going to do do a theory, I was just going to say, like, <laughs> c- confirm that th- this is basically the episode where I don't have a topic, it's all in these three guys' hands, so I'm not doing topics. So well, originally it was in the it. other
1: two's hands, and I just, mainly was just supposed to, like, cr- like, listen and then talk about it, but, meh.
0: I think it's nicer this way, because it means all of you get your own topic, and then I just sit and relax and get
1: to be the one that just does random theorising and shit. Right, on Saturday in late September, college student Brian Hartnell and Cecilia Shepard were relaxing along the shore of Lake Berryessa, some 30 miles north of Napa, California. Cecilia Shepard.
0: As, 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 as if that helps me know where the fuck any of it is. It's, it's in, in America. fucking
1: Napa, Kyle. 30 miles up from
0: <laughs> this place. What's the place called? Fucking N- Napa. Napa.
1: A man, appeared, hold, a man appeared holding a gun and wearing a hooded costume with a white crossed circle stitched over the chest, explained that he had escaped from a prison and needed money and a car to escape to Mexico. The stranger bound their wrists with pre-cut lengths of plastic clothesline. Without warning, he plunged a large knife into Brian's back six times. Hold on! Without warning, he's not going to go. By the way, I'm going to stab
4: you, so this might hurt a bit. And then do it.
0: No. I'm assuming it just means he was tying up his hands, and then next, the next thing, then you, he was stabbing them. Like it was basically, he went from just finishing tying his hands to putting a knife through his back.
4: Yeah. Well, again, he's not going to stand there for ten minutes and go have a conversation he, with him. Go. All right. How's your evening been? And then go. Well. Oh,
1: then stab. Him. He, the, he then he then stabbed no. Cecilia ten times.
0: Yeah, you you can usually see if you're going to get stabbed because you usually see the, the knife. behind you? you got a knife and thing. But even if the even if the behind you, sometimes you can tell that they're going to stab you, like the or something like that. The sword. Of-
3: eyes at the back of your head, or something.
0: We know, but um, it's, Kyle, it's. Kyle has an instinct, he knows when people's fine. It's I, weird, I it's do, really I do know weird when people behind us. It. It's because it's I don't like people behind us. It's a fucking weak point in the human anatomy. You can't see behind you, so I've made it. Yeah,
4: how have you managed to condition yourself so that it's not a weak point because you know someone's there? That's weird. I don't fucking know.
1: Right. <laughs> he then stabs Cecilia ten times as she fought for her life. The man then walked to Brian's car and used a pen to draw a cross circle on the door with the date and location of the previous attacks. The date september twenty seventh, sixty nine, the time six thirty and the notation by knife at twenty to eight, a man called Napa Police Department to report a double murder. The caller described Brian's car, directed police to the scene of the crime, and confessed I'm the one who did it. Police traced the call to a payphone at a car wash in Napa. <laughs> Ce- <laughs> Cecile died car two watch. days later, but Brian survived. He's a fucking fighter, that's why. He's probably been paralysed now.
2: <laughs>
1: You're alive. He got stabbed in the back <laughs> six times. Ooh. 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 Ooh.
0: I've, I've just... Found a, B- a BBC article thing where it's like the getting rid of neo Nazi products, and it's basically a KKK mask, but it's black and it's nigh on the same type of mask as the suspect image. And it comes with a symbol which is basically nigh on the same cross that's drawn, just, r- that just the one that you've shown is roughly drawn, so it's entirely possible
1: he was just a neo Nazi. San Francisco Nazis were you, wasn't
4: it?
1: San Francisco, October the
4: eleventh, nineteen
1: sixty. To blame the fascist (laughs) regimes. That's racist. It is. So the next one, San Francisco, Paul Stein. Einstein. 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 A (laughs) a twenty-eight-year-old student and husband worked as a cab driver in San Francisco. That night, Stein picked up a fair-headed, a fair-headed for a destination in the upscale. Presidio Heights neighbourhood. I was like, intersection- fair-headed. he was blonde. We're getting more details. Yeah, and then he was like, hold on, it was a fair that was headed. <laughs> I thought the
0: same thing. I thought he
4: was... Yeah.
1: Like- <laughs> yeah. At the intersection of Washington and Cherry Streets, the passenger shot Stein in the head Ooh. and removed... And removed that wasn't p- very nice, was it? ...and removed a piece of the victim's shirt. The man Just walked away... Walked away just before police arrived, but the police radio broadcast mistakenly described the suspect as a black man and passing officers dismissed a white yeah. man resembling the correct description. Mistakenly, that's American, isn't it? Oh, yeah. sorry, with this So, from this, right, the Zodiac Killer nearly got caught. Yeah.
0: The Zodiac Killer nearly got caught, but because he because he wear wears oh, Because black
1: American
4: black police mask. officers are racist, he got away with it.
0: Yeah, because he was wearing a black <laughs> mask and they just assumed he was a black guy because of it, so he got away with
1: it. Uh, resuming the correct description, the fingerprints found on the driver's side of the car may have belonged to the killer, and a sketch was produced based on descriptions provided by the witnesses. The case was considered a routine robbery until the office of the San Francisco Chronicle received an envelope with a letter from the Zodiac, which began with the words, I am the murderer of the taxi driver. The envelope also contained a blood-stained piece of Paul Stein's shirt. The Zodiac denied he left fingerprints and claimed the police sketch was inaccurate because he had worn a disguise.
4: Yeah, he wore a black mask and then they went, he must have been a black guy. Does that mean if he wore a SpongeBob mask, would be looking for a yellow guy right now? Is that how the American police work? What colour was the mask? Green. Oh, I'm looking for Shrek. <laughs> explains why Rooney's not been seen for a while.
1: Mo- no, he's a derby <laughs> feeling.
4: <laughs> 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 oh, Modesto area,
1: March 22nd, 1970. And this is a picture of the... Apparently the person got killed by a tire iron That's the picture on it. Is this a possible Zodiac? on Sunday in late March 22 year old Kathleen Johns packed her infant door into a station wagon and left San Bernardino California to visit her sick mother in Pentaluma in the northern part of the state Kathleen was also seven months pregnant with the child of her longtime boyfriend as she, as she traveled on highway 132 Near Modesto another vehicle pulled alongside the station wagon and the driver appeared to signal that Kathleen should pull over on the side of the road the driver explained that the back wheel of Kathleen's station wagon was loose but he promised to fix the problem instead he loosened the, in the face he loosened the lug nuts and something. the wheel and the wheel fell off as Kathleen <laughs> tried to drive away <gasps> <laughs> why am I finding that funny it's it's a uh, fucking hold on, so he pu-
0: playing in my heads of, 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 of the fucking cartoon thing of <laughs> and then the person spe- spinning the wheels and then trying to drive away and the wheels just falling off and the car just floating for a second then just collapsing on the ground is this uh, so he pulled over a car that didn't
4: have anything wrong with loosened the wheel and then went right carry on <laughs> <laughs> kind of, if Kyle was bored like, he wouldn't kill anyone he'd just like make it possible that they might die just fuck with yeah. them yeah
0: just like you might <laughs> you might not
4: I was like I'll just
1: follow this for a few miles <laughs> the man then offered to drive Kathleen to a gas station but she climbed into his car and discovered he appeared to have other plans she oh. claimed he, he also made veiled threats oh. to harm her child Eventually, Kathleen grabbed her daughter and jumped from the car. A passing driver took Kathleen to a nearby police station where she identified the stranger from the police sketch of the Zodiac. Months later, a Zodiac letter mentioned a rather interesting ride with a woman and her baby.
0: I've, I'm sorry, but I would never pick up a hitchhiker <coughs> that one who runs out in the middle of the road screaming or anything, which I'm assuming she did when she was trying to escape from this guy with her child. I mean, I,
1: I, would, have ran them, any- I would have run them both over. God's
0: sake. <laughs> you know
4: what it is? So a hysterical woman runs out the middle of the road clearly in distress, holding a baby. Kyle's reaction is nah, fuck that, George's reaction is kill.
0: <laughs> yeah, my, my reaction is I don't want that. Like I've I've had a drunk guy chase my car, and then when I pulled over to drop my friend off, he managed to follow her the entire way on foot somehow. How and the then the guy he, get in uh, my car. And then and then, like, the window was open because I was saying bye to my mate, and then he just goes, I'm getting chased, you have to help us. So I just drove off. <laughs> <laughs> I've still got no idea to this day what happened, but there was nothing in the news. So I'm assuming so... that he got murdered and it was a good fucking murder.
1: Oh, he planned to, he <laughs> plan to get away.
4: Kyle might not have actually murdered someone, but he did let them die.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was, he was probably right. just- September, September 6th.
3: No, I like- know that Kyle was the one chasing him.
1: <laughs> yeah, Buzz, <are> <laughs> <on>? <laughs> September 6, 1970 Lake Tahoe Lake Tahoe Ta-ho. <laughs> Lake Tahoe, Jordan Ta- Ta-ho. Tahoe Tahoe Ta-ho. Ta-ho. P- Possible Zodiac A postcard <laughs> attributed attribute to the Zodiac featured an advertisement for a condenomian project in Lake Tahoe Nevada with the faces past Lake Tahoe areas and sought victim 12. Some interpret the cryptic message as a clue to the disappearance of 25-year-old Donna Lass. What's that Donna Lass? In May May, (laughs) May 1970, Donna worked in San Francisco at Letterman General Hospital. Located on the Presidio military base near the area where the Zodiac killer killed a cab driver, Donna moved northeast to south Lake Tahoe and found work as a nurse for the Sahara Hotel. The the as a nurse for the Sahara <laughs> Hotel and Casino. On September 6th, 1970. How do you become Donna a nurse was, at a casino? It must be one of those special casinos.
3: The Indian casinos.
1: Donna vanished sometime after that last entry in her work log book at 10 to 2 in the morning. Her car was later found abandoned near her apartment. According to some accounts, an unidentified man called Donna's employer and her landlord claiming she had to leave town due to a family emergency. Donna's family told authorities there was no such emergency and the man was never identified. Investigators suspected Donna had been abducted and killed, but her body was never found. Her disappearance remained a mystery and her name was added to a long list of possible Zodiac killers. Victims, victims, killers. Yeah, not one of the, the villains. It's not one of the. Ki- it's, it's not a could- team. Yeah, so I'm I was just in my. <laughs> you,
0: see, you, you see, the thing that I'm not too that I don't really get with a Zodiac killer is the fact that he missed a beat by not ha- not leaving like a different star sign at each killing.
4: Why is do you turn it off dolphin
0: It's not J. It's fucking my mic. You don't know the power. I, I
1: told
0: of you it was J. I fucking knew it was J.
2: It's not Uh, uh, me, fucking Andy.
1: Andy, (laughs) man.
0: Is this? I'll just assume it was you. Do you want to put that headset on so they can hear you? So you can hear what they're saying?
1: Oh, this is one. He's getting better at writing. It's not Kyle no more.
5: (laughs) (sighs) (laughs) Fuck's sake. Here we go. There you go. Oh, dear. Hey, 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 bitches, Yari. I <laughs> haven't got long enough, uh, uh, I've been putting a Christmas tree up. How many books and books do you have to smell the <coughs> book? Mm-hmm. What's happening? What's occurring, boys? we talking about
3: serial you. killers.
5: You might have of Darth Vader, was a Geordie?
0: Well, he was going to be Bristolian.
5: <laughs> yeah, he died the that week, didn't he?
0: Yeah.
5: Hi. <coughs> Anyway, John. Yeah, draw The power of the dark
2: side.
5: <laughs> 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 <Hey>. <laughs> 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 anyway, yeah, Christmas that's Christmas tree so um, yeah.
2: mm mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. No.
5: Oh, what's, 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 what's the top what's of the conversation? Them? Are you still on the thing like are you? Yeah. What? Are you still on the podcast thing? Like? Yes, we're still on All the right, podcast. Okay. It's hey, it... okay. And, uh, Kyle, how are you? I'm good. You okay? As so the site of the hill, how are you? I'm doing fine. Good, good. Suck dick, uh, suck shit. How are you? <laughs> I'm fine. Yeah. And uh, Jordan, how are you doing, son? I'm alright.
0: Yeah. For Jordan. some reason, me and Jordan are the only ones that actually use names.
5: Right. Okay. And then what are doing? What, what are we doing this? Uh, this D and D thing, like? Was it? Is it, is <laughs> well, it uh, not yet. Uh, is what do you say? Was it D and D or BDSM or what? What is it? D and D. Jesus. Like, okay. When are we doing it, C and Dean?
0: When we can find time.
5: Yeah, I know, but what I, what I mean is, where we're we gonna get like, the dragons and stuff from? Like, I mean, where the hell do you get dragons from?
0: Wales, from Borovia. From where? Borovia.
5: I know, but we can't go there because of the COVID. Can we?
0: <laughs> it's dragons immune; that can come here. Oh, Alright, yeah, okay. We're gonna invade England with dragons.
5: Okay, where they gonna sleep? yours wait,
0: if we take over Buckingham Palace there what was that what the beep yeah. it's because I've got Facebook open
5: alright who's Olly
0: like? uh, them lot what do you mean wait it's messages between us
5: How was it Ollie? oh god's, god's sake.
0: sake you know how you, you know how you send messages to people about your art on
5: Facebook well I would like to but I haven't got a web page yet <laughs> <laughs> god's sake I knew that was going to happen.
0: That's a thing. Do I have to?
5: Oh, gee, when will you be mine? Dil cuando, quando, quando? What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> no. When, when, when? Yeah, when, uh, Exactly. Uh, anyway, all right. Uh, <laughs> what, what, top of the conversation before I fucking booled in and... web pages? I've got no idea. What is that? What's that new computer they create? That is shocking. What's
0: that? Yes. It's just a picture of a, of a character that I was trying to find out who the character was, but I couldn't get it. Really, yes, mm-hmm. I do have all your photos so I can put them on. Okay, that's fine.
4: Jordan, would you like to carry on? Yes, very very bored. Mm-hmm. We're, talking we're talking about we're... the Zodiac Killer, Andy. The who the Zodiac Killer, Zodiac Killer. right?
1: Who's that? No one yeah, knows who's now i been caught.
0: You know, the villain from uh, Dirty Harry, huh? The villain from Dirty Harry, which one.
5: The one
0: who was in the bus. No, the the killer at the end. Wait, he was inspired by this.
5: What killer at the end? Of? Which one? Oh, I thought he shot them all at the end. Oh, for God's sake!
0: I shouldn't have started that. Never mind. He's he's a he's like Jack the Ripper. He's a serial killer that never got caught. Okay,
1: Albany. Albany. Albany.
4: Albany. The Jordan Jordan doing American names is making him become more American by the minute. It is.
1: I'm just going to say where it is.
4: Slowly the, search the, red, the...
1: the search for a new leads in the Zodiac case led investigators across the United States to New York. The office of the Albany Times Union newspaper received an envelope postmarked August the 1st, 1973, with a crossed circle drawn in the corner instead of a returned address. The letter, you... The letter read, You are wrong. I am not dead or in the hospital. I am alive and well and I'm going to start killing again. Below is the name and the location of my next victim. But you had better hurry because I'm going to kill her. August 10th at 5pm when the shift changed. Albany is a nice town. Below the message the writing include three rows of symbols. According to an FBI report. Bureau cryptologists deciphered the quoted message to read. Redact Albany Medical Centre. This is only the beginning. Investigators were unable to identify any murders that could explain the vague reference to a victim on August 10th. Handwriting experts could not determine if the new letter was prepared by the writer of the Zodiac letters, due to the lack of significant characteristics. It the Albany message, but this possibly could not be eliminated based on the limited analysis. Yeah, and it was finished. It it was, there's never been a report. Thing again of, but, but I think that that one was a hoax, though, because there was never a confirmed like match to the the murder
4: or the murder that they said they would commit, and because the handwriting didn't match, so loads of people thought that that was a fake.
5: Hang on a minute, was the bloke called Albany, or was the place called Albany? The place,
1: the place was place called Albany. Albany. Is that anywhere, anywhere
5: anywhere close to where uh, Bundy was? No. No, no, what, no where Bundy was. No. Right. Did they find a body then? Not for that one. Right. So how many did this guy kill then?
4: Possibly hundreds, but they're pretty much all unconfirmed.
5: And he was never caught? No,
4: because there was loads of people writing in letters and there was loads of murders that were similar and there was no, like, one weapon. It was all different. Like, some people were stabbed, some people were bludgeoned, some people were shot. Uh, So there were some that matched up, like there were a few that were shot by the same guns and stuff like that. Um, But I believe there's... Some people think it was all one person. Some people think it was him and then some copycat killers, like, writing letters but not killing people in the same way. And some mm-hmm. people believe
1: it's, like, a load of random murders and people just, like, messing with the police. Well, they actually think that the New York one was actually a copycat killer. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'll uh, so, so you mean. It,
5: so, we, like, get, it's like, get cold.
4: Yeah, Yeah, so, like, they see it and, like, romanticise it and then copy off it, thinking it's, like, the same, but obviously because they don't know everything, they don't know everything that the police knows, they'll not get everything right. So they might use the wrong weapon or do it in the wrong way.
0: Yeah, well, if we go off the fact that the um, the the suspect drawing looks like the mask of the... uh... That was on the neo Nazi news report and the fact that the symbol is highly similar. It's entirely possible that it was just a bunch of neo Nazi killings. Mm, it was basically yeah. that it was basically that type of thing of the cult was doing kills all over the country.
4: And then maybe the person that was orchestrating it was writing the letters in pretending that it was all one person.
5: What about, yeah. you, what so, about, my, question, what about my question about how many people are actually called Adolf?
4: Right, this is what he asked me the other day, like I would know. I mean if I'm, if I'm
0: guessing not to... a lot now. But it was a, it was a common name i thought what
5: well, it must I, have been because i mean i watched that film the other day I was can I mention this can I?
0: i don't know what the you hell know, you're mean, gonna say so i mean i'm gonna say
5: yes that uh, george o robert
0: yes you can mention
5: that was funny yeah, well it wasn't funny it was, it was, it was sarcastic satirical funny, wasn't it? satirical is what i was looking for but um yes
4: yeah. uh Watiti.
5: hmm so who was the most notorious serial killer in the whole world, though? That is the thing.
4: You would have to say Jack the Ripper, wouldn't you? That's what I would say. But
5: but, 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 it,
0: but is that just in England or is that across the world? Because no, ev- that's ev- every no country one all over has the world. The, every country has their own one. So it's entirely dependent on which one has got gained the most fame across the globe. Because every country will have their own sort of horror stories and okay. their own bad ones.
2: That's really... Yeah. why Can I please?
4: I would assume it's got to be Jack the Ripper. Everyone knows Jack. The Americans know Jack the Ripper and stuff like that. Hmm. that,
2: what, that what is
0: it? It's a coin. What was that
2: noise? Adam.
5: Yes.
0: I'm seeing if it's. I'm seeing if the usage
1: is. There's a thing, here... So basically, Jack the Ripper,
3: Phoebe, not like, what's your Phoebe behind? Um,
5: the American one. Who's that? is it?
4: Yeah, I think I don't
5: know if or yeah, not. the, yeah, the also, thing actually.
3: about Jack
2: the River is that he's actually it's not, it's not my theory, it is it's it's, it's known theory. There was a, a a killer in America. A copied of him. The thing has come over to England, carried on killing over here, come yeah. back to America America. America <laughs> and just
0: changed tactics. Over here it was prostitutes. Is that no,
5: the one no, I would don't go tell go. you? It I'm don't sure tell them, killing over there. And this guy yeah. thought was his granddad or his great granddad. It was a program. I tell you, remember. I don't know. Mm-hmm.
0: Right, Ad- Adolf, uh, the Spanish, <laughs> you're right. the, the, the Spanish. <laughs> oh, talking to
2: him? Yeah. <laughs> Right, Adolf.
0: The Spanish and Portuguese <laughs> version, Adolfo, has not become stigmatised in the same way and is still in common use in Spanish and Portuguese-speaking countries in the world. Well, Seriously? So no, if, if, if you go to Spain or Portugal, you might actually come across someone called Adolfo.
5: Oh, Adolfo, aye, but not Adolf.
0: Wait, that's their that's the equivalent. It's be, it, that's Adolf in Spanish and Portuguese because they just add O's to everything.
2: Mm. That's
0: not how
4: Spanish works, Kyle. <laughs> you could just order something uh, and uh, move. Uh, see so it's Spanish.
5: We're going for a drink, or oh, and then we're going for a smoke, or oh, and then we're going for a spliffle. Oh. That's how in Australia <laughs> everything's got it all oh, on the end of it. It, 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 it
0: actually says Adolfo,
5: also spelled
0: also Adolfo Adolfo Aldolphus. <laughs> <laughs> he was born in
2: 1861. It
5: was.
3: was. was yeah,
0: no, like like I was
5: not. I was born in 1861. You cheeky bugger. Fucking
4: yeah, shit. it was
2: 1961
5: he was born. Yeah, we'll go. Yeah, we'll go. I'm not as old as Brendan, you
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Kate, once we see the name is a compound derived from the old <laughs> High German <laughs> Athelwulf or Hadulf, a combination of Athal or Adal meaning noble or Hadoo meaning battle and combat and wolf. So it's basically a combination of noble battle or noble wolf. So oh, look, Adolf Hitler was a noble battle wolf. Basically. What does Hitler mean? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, Hitler
5: name meaning. We look at the ambience. I mean there must be somebody in the phone book called Mr. Prick. There's gotta be, right? Yeah, there's a There's gotta be a Mr. Dick, right? it has got to be a Mr. of a penai or something, right? Oh, so that, that's a group collection, isn't it?
4: Yeah, right, so he, he, he didn't realize you didn't know, realise that.
5: You know, Stephen, people... there's a really concern because, you know, when he was mentioning the day about a group of them is called a penai, right? When that woman came with a mid-meal, she said, this is your haggai She didn't say haggis, she goes, your haggai. What the hell Did does you? that mean? I, it was Several was
4: <laughs> A haggis in Scotland.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm.
4: Oh, no, that's a cold.
5: No, of they're from Scotland. No, it's a strange-looking bird. It's been running 100 miles an hour. It's got three legs. Oh, a, one, apparently... one of the legs
0: is longer, because you have to catch them on hills, don't you?
5: Exactly, yeah, eh? sir. Apparently,
0: apparently there's, a couple of, <laughs> there's a couple of theories that the name Hitler it basically means something along, along the lines of in the cradle of God, gift of God, gift yeah, from so. God, that type of thing. Yeah, Hold so. on. So, Adolf Hitler was a noble battle bull from God. That's apparently what his name
5: supposedly means. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's ambiguous. Um, what was I was going to say to you? Uh, I'll not unplug this this week.
0: Yeah, please don't.
5: Uh-huh. Yes.
0: Uh, Stefan, who is your we'll serial killer? we we'll on
5: guy. Of serial killers. In
0: well, has Jordan Superhot?
5: finished?
1: I did have something, but I don't know if it's going to be any... If it's encounter. linked to your Zodiac killer, you can't. It just well, says Zodiac, the Zodiac killer answers his copycat. Oh, so what in the right? Um, It says hey, in the it, article, there were trails of blood.
5: Could this be, could this guy still be a large scenario?
1: Yes. He's
4: either yeah. died of old age or still out, because he's now been caught, unless, I, th- I believe there was a theory that he was someone who got caught, and that's why he stopped killing, but because, like Jordan was saying, he responds letters and stuff like that, and there's still kind of stuff going on that would suggest that he has, hasn't been incarcerated. It's kind of ambiguous. Yeah, well. It's like he could be, but he probably isn't. Kind of situation.
5: Mm. Okay. Well, listen, lads. I'm gonna, I'll, I'm going I'm gonna, leave you. Uh, right. I've, I've got to go down and um, get some more water. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, take care. Live long and prosper. We'll speak next week. Okay. Yeah. See you there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Take care. Take care.
2: Right. Yeah, that was a short interval
5: uh, I may be back later on
0: <laughs> I don't think we'll be on for much longer To be honest We're already an hour and
1: a half in The Chronicle ran a follow up story About the murder of Robert Salem Written by Paul Avery the crime reporter played by Robert Downey Jr <laughs> Is that why you were confused You said Robert Downey Jr <laughs> Yeah You were like what <laughs> In David Fincer's 2007 film Zodiac by this time, the Chronicle is calling this crime the Satan murder. Police inspectors also go on the record saying they don't think it was the work of the Zodiac. Probably the person we are after wants us to think it was the Zodiac, Inspector Curras said. A grainy photo of the murder scene accompanying the article shows that the symbol drawn on Salem's wall was an Egyptian anek and not the Zodiac's signature crosshair, which he wore on his chest like a supervillain when he brutally stabbed a pair of college students at Lake Beresia on September 27th, 1969. The NAC was also drawn on Salem's stomach, according to Avery. On the same day that the Chronicle ran its first story on the Salem murder, the Zodiac Killer dropped a letter to the paper in a, into a corner mailbox in Fran, San Francisco. The new letter, his first since December 20th, 1969, note to attorney Melvin Belly, included Melvin a new cipher <laughs> A new cipher with the words, my name is, before it. Slim Shady.
0: My name is, my name is, Slim
1: Shady. So way. come back for the, for the story of Jay, the cannibal sat- satanist.
0: Nah, uh, right. What's yours? What's your nice, well, weird, unknown... I have done, or
4: I have found a bit of a lesser known criminal for each of the nations for which we claim each other to hail from. So... Uh, who do you want to do first? So choose
0: someone. Indonesia. <laughs> so we've chosen Jay immediately for Indonesia. <laughs> yeah, he's got, well, he's got his mic muted, so for all we know, he's sitting there going ah! and we don't know. <laughs>
4: yeah, I mean, I, I did, I did say say a person. I wasn't going to say Jay's fucking Indonesian, but okay. I've actually got a Scottish person. Right. But we'll get out there later because I found an Indonesian serial killer.
0: (laughs) Oh, for God's
3: sake. Right, okay. I swear to God, if you call me Indonesian, I'm going to kill someone. I've I've already
0: called you about 10
3: times. (laughs) 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 Puns. Um, (laughs) For fuck's sake. I'm killing someone.
0: Someone? You're not just going to kill all three of
1: them. Nice. That would take effort.
3: No, because I'm not going to incriminate myself by saying I'm going to kill all three of you. Because if all three of you die, they're going to notice me. If one of you die, the other two will tell them. If I make yours look like a car crash, Stephen, it will just look like an accident. Oh no, I will look after my car.
0: Um, mm-hmm. I've we've seen your crashes. You've tried to have a fight with a Should lorry.
3: I... I think they would believe that
0: you would died in a crash. To be honest. Okay, on Stephen, a, a get to your Mexico. You
4: can't say that I didn't win with the lorry. You didn't, you win, didn't win. win. Yes, I did.
0: <laughs> Was your car able to function afterwards? Yes, I drove and to by work. <laughs> function, <and> by <laughs> function, I mean actually be eligible as a car anymore. Yeah, I drove to work. I just couldn't open the driver's door.
4: I came across, but that's fine. I fixed it th- that weekend as well, and I made money on it. Made I've actually sold more than it cost to fix it, and I got off a free, <laughs> so I feel like I won. Anyway. Okay, let's Who, move on. Who's this Indonesian serial killer that Jay is? Ahmad Suraji.
0: Okay.
3: Also known That's
4: as Naseb Kelawang, also known Ooh. as Datuk okay. Maringi.
0: Hold on a did you just say Massive Kelawang?
4: No, <laughs> Naseb Kelawang.
3: That's definitely me. Massive, massive Kelawang. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, born 12th of December 1952 and deceased um, by being given the, the criminal penalty uh, of death, on 10th of July 2008, he was an Indonesian serial killer who admitted to murdering 42 girls and women between 1986 and 1997. Sir Raji's victims, ranging in age from between 11 and 30, were strangled. After buried in the ground up to their waist as part of a ritual, he buried his victims in a sugar cane plantation near his home with their heads the house, which he believed would give him extra
0: power. Now, Hold on, I he, read believe, it. He, he believed killing them and burying them in, sugar, in a sugar field would give him power.
4: Well, right, I'll, I'll, I'll get on with that. So, he lived in Medan, in the capital of Indonesia's North Sumatra province. He worked as a cattle breeder and as a dukan, a class of shaman, reputed to possess supernatural powers. So, Reggie's clientele were often women seeking his guidance on how to find good fortune or maintain their beauty. According to Reggie, his deceased father visited him in a dream in 1986 and commanded him to murder 70 women and ingest their saliva as part of a black magic ritual that would gain him supernatural powers. So, that's why he did it.
0: Was this. Did he have to ingest the saliva all at one point? Because, which, in which case, some of it would have been stale and nasty as fuck. Not that it's not nasty as fuck already, but you know. Well,
4: I do know how it worked, but I will, I will read. I'll read on because it says about there's a section about the murders, and then if it doesn't tell you in here, I will say it. All right. So, on the twenty fourth of April, 21 year old Sri Kelma Dewey asked a fifteen year old rickshaw puller named Andreas to take her to Datuk. She informed him to keep it a secret and never request to be picked up. Three days later, Dewey's naked decomposing body was found in a sugar sugar cane field by a man and was later dug up by a group of people who then called the police. Andreas reported to the police and Dewey's family that he had dropped her off at Siraji's house three days earlier, and so the police visited Siraji for confrontation. Although he denied any links with Dewey's killing, police found her handbag, dress and bracelet in his home. He was later arrested on April 30th, 1997. During interrogation, Suraji slowly confessed to Dewey's murder but also revealed that he had killed up to 42 girls in the same fashion and in an excavation process had to be carried out in the sugar cane field where Dewey's bodies were located. Throughout the process, a total of 42 confirmed bodies had been found, with some being decomposed to the point that they were unidentifiable.
0: He told like, police... Go on. Like, when you say shamans and stuff, my brain immediately goes back to, like quite a few years ago, not the 90s. Yeah, no, <laughs> the 90s. <laughs> um, he told police that
4: he had a dream in 1986 in which his father's ghost directed him to drink the saliva of 70 dead young women so that he could become a mystic healer. Suraji thought that it would take him too long to encounter 70 random dead young women, so he took up the initiative to kill. As a sorcerer, or Dukan, the women came to him for spiritual advice for such things like making themselves more beautiful or richer. So, Siraji would cast a spell on their spouses so that they would never have an affair. He would take them to a sugarcane field and bury them up to their waist, claiming it was part of the ritual. At this point, he would then strangle them until they were dead and proceed to drink their saliva. After that, he would strip the clothes from their bodies to accelerate decomposition, bury them, uh, di- sorry, dig them out, bury them back into the ground with only their heads shown and, and pointing towards his house. He stated the following to the police. My father did not specifically specifically advise me to kill anyone. So I was thinking it would take ages if I had a way to randomly get 70 dead women. So I was trying to get it done as fast as possible. I took my own initiative
0: to kill. It was an it was an impatient, impatient spiritualist. I've never heard of an yes. impatient spiritualist. <laughs> we, talk, we talked about the monks who Shaman. spent like ten yeah. ten years going up and down a fucking mountain every day and shit like that. How do you think they would feel here? And someone go, eh, I thought it would take too long, so I started killing people to speed up the process.
4: <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, but also he apparently, so he said it was part of the ritual, he'd bury them at their waist and then he would proceed when they were totally defenceless and half buried, he'd just strangle them, drink their saliva, dig them back up, strip them, then bury them back on the floor, but leave their head shown. So, but pointing no point to, point, point to his house, but the thing is about that, it was a sugarcane field, how did nobody walk along one day and just randomly trip over
3: a head? Enough is. I don't think anyone got ahead of themselves in this investigation. For sake,
0: Jay. Oh, for <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm googling how how sugarcane is harvested because if it's literally by guys walking around with scythes or even just a machine, a fucking combine harvester going around churning it up, surely they would come across <laughs> a head, go clunk, and say blood splatter. I feel like it's hand harvested. Sugar yeah, cane harvesting. Oh, they've got machines, and it's basically just a fucking combine harvester with two giant saw blades on the front. Uh, okay, so yeah, surely th- surely they would have come across. I'm going to send you a picture. Surely they would have come across a fucking head.
4: Don't know. Well, maybe it was private. Maybe only he worked in the field. But yeah, if I just find it unbelievable. He
0: owned a sugar cane field. Can you imagine the amount of profit? He yeah, can he get? was a shaman, dude, and a spiritual healer. I know, but being a shaman, uh, being a shaman, and a a sugar cane field, and he was an- he had another job as well. You said. Yeah, he's a cattle farmer. Or cattle breeder. Yeah, yeah, he's a cattle breeder. Yeah, he must (laughs) have had so much... He must have been loaded, the fuck?
4: Ooh, that's not good. All right. He was known as also Dukan As As Nasib Kelawal Datuk Maringi or the Sorcerer, right? One of his wives was also arrested... And imprisoned for life, as she was thought to be an accomplice because he was married three times, at the same time, like he had three
0: wives. I, I feel like that's pretty common in in that area, though.
4: Yeah, but also, you know how I said he was executed. Yeah, he was sentenced to death and executed on the tenth of July, two thousand and eight. Would anyone like to guess how?
3: Did uh, <laughs> he get buried up to his neck? Yeah, buried in Sugar Field.
0: No. no. I feel like
4: it oh is.
3: sugar, we're going down swinging. Oh,
0: for God's sake! I knew you were <laughs> I was waiting for you singing that. I was wondering when you were going to do it.
3: I was waiting for a perfect opportunity. I think I seen it.
0: You saw it, really, really, for it, yeah.
2: you
3: good.
0: This um, is not the time to be singing that one. We've just been talking about no. people buried to their heads. Why?
4: He was executed by firing squad.
5: Who was?
0: Gee.
4: Yeah, pretty much, yeah. We're talking about Indonesians. <laughs>
5: Oh fuck, I'm not Indonesian.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you are. Hold on. Jordan, oh, you oh, need oh. to search up your search history and get his Indonesian topic up.
0: No, hold hold on a second. If he if he's, a, if he's in Indonesian, does that mean that he didn't have to dig dig the holes too low down f- to bury them because they're all short?
5: What the fuck we're talking <laughs> about?
4: We're still alive How did Jay once you dug them like waist height and put people in, how did you get back out? It would be like six foot above your head. <laughs> we're basically just bullying you, but we're not. We're uh, apparently, uh, Channel 5, the media core, Channel 5, in 2014 did run a. Uh, Rugged, man. a, 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 a what do you call it? A documentary called Ahmed Suraji, Indonesia
0: Sorcerer from Hell. I wouldn't call a shaman a sorcerer, but go, yeah, sure. That's because that's
4: what he was believed to be. He was, or he was trying to become a sorcerer, wasn't he? I
0: mean, if, if if people say shaman, I think of sort of spiritualists and sort of Mahatma Gandhi really? and, and monks and things like that. That's but sorcery like a,
4: is spiritual, Kyle? That. It's not like a witch.
0: Uh, depends yeah. on depends on the concept and the, the media. Because some yeah. sorcerers are very much just wizards with a different name. Wizard sleeve. <laughs> yeah. What is right.
4: J- It sounds like Jay's having a party.
0: It does sound like Jay's having a party.
5: I've got my sister here. Oh, <laughs> you poor bastard. And I just said Nordy. Sorry about that, Jeff. <clears throat> <laughs> no one heard you, Ash- but you've just uh,
3: got this Ashley and my sister went dress like um, trying on uh, men in dresses. Men in dresses? So. Red in dresses, not men in dresses.
4: <laughs> I thought said they were trying on <laughs> men in
3: dresses. <laughs> anyway. Well, Ashley's with me and I'm a man in a dress.
4: I mean, the first part's debatable.
5: What's debatable? If he's a man. In a dress. No, I'm he's in a dress. I'm, I'm not debating that. <laughs> so At I'm
4: any not, given time, there's a 90% chance that he is in a dress.
5: I could well believe it. <laughs> what did
0: I said to me? Stefan, who's your next murderer? Who, who's there's my no next no victim?
5: With, there's no wrong with wearing a dress. If you want to. Andy.
4: Yeah. You need, Would you like to pick between me, Jordan and Kyle?
5: What, wearing a dress? No, just, <laughs> no. just for topic. Jordan, definitely Jordan. Jordan, definitely. right,
4: so we're going American.
5: American, right.
4: Yes. we will got American serial killer called Carl Pansram.
5: Pans Yes.
4: Mm-hmm. Charles Carl Panzram, born june the twenty eighth, eighteen ninety one, and died September the fifth, nineteen thirty. by ooh, how did he die? <clears throat> uh, oh it was hanged. Um
2: Typical
0: American death sentence, hanging.
4: Yes, he was an American serial killer, rapist, arsonist, robber, and burglar. In prison confessions, in his autobiography, he claimed to have committed 22 murders, most of which could not be corroborated, and over a 1,000 acts of sodomy on boys and men. After a series of imprisonments and escapes, he was executed in 1930 for the murder of a prison employee, at Leavenworth Federal Prison. Only five victims have actually been confirmed.
5: Can you imagine if you went for a job interview and like, they said, oh, what do you like to do in your spare time? <laughs> if you were all up that's just shocking, isn't it? You know what I mean?
2: Yeah.
4: Uh, it said only five of his victims were ever confirmed properly, but that he is suspected to have killed more than 100 men in total in the United States and Angola.
5: I've never even heard
4: of him. What's he called? The Spanish? What the Spanish That's called? the point. I'm I'm doing like um bit like big supercolours, but that you might not have heard of. He's called Carl Panzeram. mm Panzeram. Panzram.
5: Panzram. He must have been like sort of a Hispanic or something, was he?
4: Uh he was born in East Grand Forks, Minnesota, the son of an East Perusian immigrant, Johan and Matilda Gortley Panzeram. He was raised on his family farm with eight siblings.
2: Mm.
4: Carl felt odd from a young age and by the age of five and six, he was a liar and a thief claimed to become meaner as the older he grew. In 1899, he was in juvenile court on charge of being drunk and disorderly. In 1903, he was arrested in jail for being drunk and in- incorrigible. <coughs> in- incorrigible. In 1903, at the age of 11, he stole some cake apples and a revolver from a neighbor's home. In October 19... 19- his parents sent him to the Minnesota State Training School where, while there, he was repeatedly beaten, tortured and raped by staff members in what attendees dubbed the paint shop because children would leave, quote-unquote, painted with bruises and blood. Panzeram hated this place of torture so much that he decided to burn it down and did so without detection on July the 7th oh five. So that's what... Oh, he just burned the fucking joint down.
0: Well done to in, him if he was yeah. he burned down a place like that, to be honest.
4: Without detection as well, so he got away with it.
5: Yeah, you think in July. I just, just think it's a meal on. like like some males, just like some men they just don't give a shit. It's just like mm. they just go for it, irrespective of what the consequences are going to be.
4: I think if some people get to that point in life, especially if they come up against traumatic experiences like this.
5: Mm. Maybe any of you um, lads have been? Have you? Have you any of you lads ever been uh, arrested for drunk and disorderly? No. Yeah. Who was that? Was that Yes, it's me. Yeah, so what did they do with you when they took you in the cells? Uh, they basically... um <laughs> didn't touch me.
3: I'll
4: Put on, on a glove, on he hurt. And he was like, oh, fuck.
3: <laughs> basically, I had to get signed <laughs> in, um, hand over me family Bowls, which really was me wallet and me phone at the time. Mm. And they got me details of me, my address, my name, my day of birth, my license, and all that other jazz. And then they just locked us up for the night, and it told us they'll go in the morning and not to do it again. It's basically a slap on the wrist. Oh. What I find this really like really disturbing and really horrible about the whole experience is the coffee they give you in the morning. They don't even <laughs> give you any breakfast. They give, they give you boss. a coffee, a shit watered-down coffee. I'm sure they piss in the coffee cup and give you it. You're joking. <laughs> they
5: didn't even give me a cup of coffee. They chucked me, they chucked me up at four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> It was like six o'clock in the morning. When I got chucked out. No, yeah, it was four o'clock for me. I got. I, I, I was out drunk this night. I came. I, I got, came past the pub right, and I seen this cover, but I thought it was a taxi. <laughs> so I'm telling <laughs> him. I know, and I was says, "Can you take us back to Woodford Station, mate? Can you take us back?" And he got out and he pushes the ground. And he goes, oh, "I'm not a fucking taxi driver." I says, "Fucking hell, you're not a happy fucker, right?" Are you? So, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I like, hell? "I told him a to fuck off, right." <laughs> and I started walking away And he said What did you see? I says Fuck off you prick I'll just walk it And then he He come along And he says uh, You want to lift to the station Do you? I thought he meant we the station I said yeah great So I jumped in the back Right <laughs> And he went all over the railway lines, And I says No mate It's back there I'm on it's back there So I'm going to take me To that fucking station oh, I mean I was absolutely Bladdered right So I got the police station And they took us in And they took you To take your details And stuff like that And he says uh, he says, yeah, can I have your shoes? I goes, what for? He says, in case you try and hang yourself with your shoelaces. I says, that'll be a fucking physical impossibility. And then he says, and I want your belt as well. I says, what for? I says, "Me bloody pencil file doing? He says, in case you try and hang yourself. I says, hang me, sir. I says, I couldn't even stand and have a piss, let alone fucking try and hang me, <laughs> I had the out four o'clock in the morning and I said to them, is there any chance of a lift back to and Station? I goes, fuck off, <laughs> get out. <laughs> So I went for the <laughs> pegs when I struck me mate's car. Cool. Oh, it's, honestly, it took us two days to recover from that. That was a that was a that was a proper proper drink and bend out like.
0: The fact that you were saying you were in Woodburn Station does that mean it was when I me and
5: my mother were here? No, here? no, God, it was before. No, it was when I was living with your, your grandma, grandma, and granddad's. It was a, it was, I was a, when I started drinking on the Friday night, and this was the Saturday night. I never stopped. It was unbelievable. Back in the days when you could drink the castle exhibition. Anyway, what we're talking about before that? Sorry about that, boys.
2: <laughs> killers, killers. No, there, no, there was no
5: killers in the cells. With us, I hope. I don't think so. There was. You uh, hope you don't get
2: pissed to remember.
5: Pissed? No, I wasn't pissed. I was absolutely shit fierce. <laughs> I was absolutely wrong. honestly, honestly. I tell you what, it is. honestly, I honestly thought it was a taxi because I'd seen the thing on the top of the the car. Now that's a long time ago, lads. When you see the thing on the top of a police car for anyway. a
3: light still have them mm. the light bulb mm. it's like Chris Carson not have light bulbs anymore mm.
5: Uh,
4: yeah so on in January 1906 Panzram was paroled from Red Wing Training School after stealing money from his mother's pocketbook by his teens he was an alcoholic and was repeatedly in trouble with the authorities often for burglary and theft he ran away from home aged 14 and after a couple of weeks after his parole, merely two weeks after attempting to kill a Lutheran cleric with a revolver, he decided to be a hobo. He often travelled via train cars, and he later claimed that he was once gangraped by a group of hobos aboard a train. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you find that funny?
5: A group of hobos on a train. <laughs> hobos. Oh, hobos. <laughs> <laughs> do me? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> on a train, I mean, that was quite, I mean, oh, I see, like an, an empty carriage or something.
4: <laughs> yeah, well, they were just in front of people, of course.
5: <laughs> no, you know, uh, some people you don't want to be in a prison cell with, isn't it? You know, <laughs> <laughs> I think you carry on. Uh, he claimed that after escaping from
4: uh, Montana State Reform School, along with an inmate named Jimmy Benson. Both were involved in a string of burglaries, robberies and arsons throughout the Midwest until they split up in 1907, at the age of 15. After getting drunk in a saloon in Montana, Hans Ram enlisted in the United States Army. Shortly thereafter, he was convicted of larceny and served a prison sentence from April 20, 1908 to 1910, at Fort mm-hmm. Leavenworth's United States disciplinary barracks. Secretary of War William Howard Taft moved the sentence. Pansram later claimed that any goodness left in him was smashed out during the Leavenworth imprisonment. Mm. After his release, an honorable dis- dishonourable discharge, sorry, Panzram resumed his career as a thief, stealing anything from bicycles to yachts. Mm. <laughs> That's quite a job. Yacht. How's he nicked a yacht? Yeah. <laughs> no, he was yacht. caught in imprisoned multiple times, so he wasn't even a good thief. He served time under his name and various aliases in Fresno, Rusk, Texas, the. Oh, alright. Oh Fresno, Rusk, Texas, the, the Dallas, Oregon, Harrison, Idaho, Butte, Montana, Montana State Reform School, Montana State Prison, Oregon State Penitentiary, Bridgeport, Connecticut, Sing Sing Correctional Facility, Clinton Correctional Facility, and Washington, D.C. Sing
5: Sing, that's a funny name, isn't it? Sing
4: Sing. Well,. While incarcerated, he he frequently attacked officers and refused to follow their orders. The officers retaliated subjecting him to beatings and other punishments. In his autobiography, Panzam wrote that he was rage-personified and that he would often rape men whom he had robbed and he noted for for his large stature and great physical strength due to years of hard labour at Leavenworth and other prisons, which aided him in overpowering most men he encountered. He also engaged in vandalism and arson. By his own admission, one of the few times he did not engage in criminal activities was when he was employed as a strike-breaker against union employees. On one occasion, he tried to sign aboard a ship's, st- oh, as a ship steward on, on an army transport vessel, but was discharged when he reported to work intoxicated. <laughs> then
0: he, he started and turned up pissed.
4: Basically, but then the violence escalated.
3: Why is this sound like you, Stefan, working as a best boy?
4: I'll be ripped by hobos on a train. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: we're we'll mean the turn up to work pissed
4: part. I don't turn up got to drive to work. Thank you very much. And I don't work on a steamship or whatever it was.
5: I turned my work piss the other day when I had that headache, that migraine, <laughs> a hangover. Yeah. That was, that was the vodka, but it wasn't my fault. It was, of course it wasn't. No, it was Kyle's fault for putting too much vodka in the thing.
4: Because <laughs> he half-filled it. Mm.
5: Anyway, carry on, carry on.
4: Um, Panzeram claimed in his 1929 autobiography that after serving a short sentence at Rusk, Texas, he then went to Ciudad Juarez, in the winter of 1910, tried to enlist in the federal Mexican army. He then left on a train for Del Rio, Texas, and got off in a small town 50 to 100 miles east of El Paso, where about a mile south of that town, he claimed to have been abducted, assaulted, kicked, and strangled a man, and then stole $35 from the victim. Oh. So that was the start in the of violence. In the summer of 1911, Panzeram, going by the alias of Jefferson Davis, was arrested in Fresno for stealing a bicycle. He was sentenced to six months in county jail, but escaped after 30 days. In 1913, Panzram, going by the alias Jack Allen, was arrested in the the Dales, Oregon, for highway robbery, assault and sodomy. He broke out of jail after two to three months. While he was on the run, he used the alias, alias Jeff Davis. He was arrest, arrested in Harrison, Idaho, but again, he escaped from county jail. He was also arrested in Chinook, Montana, under the alias alias of Jefferson Davis. Not when he's already went as Jeff Davis, he's just extended that. That wouldn't help. He was sentenced to one year in prison for burglary to be served at the Montana State Prison. And then, on April twenty seventh, nineteen thirteen, Panzram, using his Jefferson Davis alias, was admitted to the state prison at Deer Lodge, Montana. He escaped on November the thirtieth. Within a week, he was arrested, giving his name as Jeff Rhodes, in, in Three Forks for burglary, and returned to Dielodge for an additional year. He was released on March the 3rd, 1915. On was... June the 1st, Hans Ram burglarized a house in Astoria, Oregon, and was arrested soon after while well, attempting to sell some of the stolen items.
3: He is a useless burglar.
4: <laughs> so
3: bad sounds like that's on the weekend
0: hold on how, how did it go from stealing bicycles and
5: yachts to becoming the world's worst burglar
4: no it's just serious um, we haven't gotten to the yachts yet I'm guessing because we haven't mentioned the yacht but we're oh, going through know,
5: why the hell would you want to steal a yacht why not I
0: suppose, I suppose if you want to escape, worth a lot of money you want to escape in style
5: well and that's worth a lot of money but why <laughs> <Can I> tell <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do with it?
0: You can't exactly go to a pawn shop with a yacht.
5: Oh, uh, don't talk about pawn shops. Anyway, carry on. Not that.
4: He was sentenced to seven years in prison to be served at Oregon State Penitentiary in Salem, where he arrived on June the 24th. Warden Harry Minto believed in harsh treatment of inmates, including beatings and isolation. Among other disciplinary <coughs> events, later Ram stated that he swore he would never do that seven years and that he defied the warden and all of his, all the officers to make me.
2: Mm.
4: Later that year, Penzram helped fellow inmate Otto Hooker escape from the prison. While attempting to evade recapture, Huga killed Mindo, marking Penzram's,
5: doesn't he? Otto What's he called? Otto Huga. Mm. Jabba Dewenka. It was Otto. Wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, Otto Hooker. Hooker
4: mm-hmm. uh, killed Minto, making Pensram's first known involvement in a murder as an accessory before the fact. In his prison record, he falsely gave his age as 30 and his place of birth as Alabama. The one true bit of the autobiography he did give was his occupation, thief. <laughs> a lot about his age and why he was born, but he was like, yeah, I'm a thief, though. <laughs> mm. Panzeram was disciplined several times while at Salem, including 61 days in solitary confinement before escaping on September the 18th, 1917. After two shootouts, he was recaptured and returned to prison. On May the 12th, 1918, he escaped again by sawing through the bars of his cell and caught a freight train heading east. He began going by the name of John O'Leary and shaved off his moustache. He would never return again to the Northwest. Allegedly, he ended up in New York City and got a semen identification card
2: <laughs> <steamship>. <laughs> I knew you'd laugh at that <laughs> sailed
4: on the steamship James S. Whitney to Panama where he tried to steal a small boat with the help of a drunken sailor who was kill- who killed everyone on board and was arrested <laughs> Pansram- <laughs> Pansram- <laughs> travelled no, no, you,
5: you couldn't make this up you <laughs>
4: He tried to steal a boat with a sailor, the sailor killed everyone and got arrested <laughs> Pensaram travelled to Peru to work in a copper mine, then travelled to Lee, Port Arthur, Texas, London, Edinburgh, Paris, and Hamburg.
0: Hold on a second. Did he, did he kill the people, or did this drunken sailor who he just sort of picked up along the way and decided to steal a ship with to do it?
4: No, it says he tried to steal a small boat with the help of a drunken sailor who killed everyone on board and was arrested.
2: <laughs>
0: Bloody so, hell. so he didn't do shit, he was just... <laughs> no! it was
4: like help us <laughs> nick this boat and the piss guy went and killed everybody
0: <laughs> I know you to "Your list. it's not theirs anymore <laughs> if they're not alive
4: can I just point out that is like me in a stealth mission on any game it is <laughs> <laughs> then his murder spree starts In August 1920, he burglarized the William H. Taft Mansion in New Haven, Connecticut, the home of William Howard Taft, whom he held responsible for his Leavenworth imprisonment. He stole a large amount of jewellery and bonds, as well as Taft's Colt M1911 .45 calibre handgun. He then began a murder spree that spanned eight years in multiple countries. With the money stolen from Taft, he bought a yacht, the Akista, he he's,
5: got about, he's got this thing about boats, hasn't he? In, in, in Dude, he's
4: got real boar fetish, hasn't he? He's
0: got this thing he about books, but, but also, where the fuck did the decision to start a killing gun from? At first, he was just a thief and everybody else was killing. Now, suddenly, he's gotten a handgun and started killing everybody in an Well, ha- well hang on a minute. Way.
5: Hang on. Maybe this just because he had a bad experience on a train that he never wants to go by train again, so he always goes by ship. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah.
5: Yeah. Can you remember
2: yeah,
5: that? Yeah. Part? Can you remember that thought back? Yeah, of You still remember. I mean, you, right. it, you were British, really. You know what I mean. Good almighty. <laughs> so, so William H. Taft
4: was the guy who uh, was a was he the commissioner of war or something like that who basically signed to say that he would be in Fort Leavenworth prison, mm. uh, But most of this shit happened. So that's yeah, why. not
5: I, uh, I thought that was a military uh, prison, Fort
0: Leavenworth.
4: Yeah, but yeah, to... when he got when he was in the army.
0: He was, he was in the army and he was arrested while he was in the army for being a twat.
5: right I see <clears throat> <laughs> so carry on where's uh, Jordan the pub? Jordan's still here he has, he? he's not he's away at the pub he keeps Jordan. on buggering up yes so he's oh, been talking his lanes are moving like and Jordan. everything I did, I did ask for Jordan Serial Killer to be honest with you
0: this is Jordan Serial Killer because Jordan, Jordan's American what? So this is the American oh killer.
5: hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. I'm l- lost here.
0: We we're doing, <laughs> well,
4: we each got I have a, found a lesser known serial killer for each of our like assumed nationalities. So Jordan gets called the American, so this is an American serial killer.
0: I get called the Russian, so mine will be a Russian. Jay gets called the Indonesian and the Scotsman, so he'll probably have a bit of one one of each. Well, well he's got
4: an Indonesian.
0: One. And Stefan is called the German, so his will be German.
5: So I, I, look, I still assumed, don't understand. It's
0: always assumed. Co- it's murderers from the countries that we, are, that we are associated
5: with. And you're telling me this bloke who's done all this stuff is a, is a lesser known one?
4: Yeah, well, did you. Have you heard of Carl Penzram?
5: No. Well, then, there I, you
0: go. I think he's probably lesser known because he wasn't. A, he, he doesn't sound like he was a full blown serial killer who, did, who was like.
5: D-
4: did it hasn't him. started yet. <laughs> Wait,
0: he doesn't. Also, it's in the 1800s type thing, and a lot of the ones that were like in the in America in those sort of periods, people just sort of associated it with cowboys killing each other and shit. So,
5: the cowboys, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'll tell you what it is. I did hear you say something about Del Rio, yes, yeah. It goes to Del Rio, right? And can I say this? Can I say this? The first uh, the first porn video that I uh, ever witnessed is a, is a, is a well, is how old would I be? But it was the last, I remember the last who was in it, she was called Del Rio. And she had very, she had two big pairs of Del Rios. And uh, I remember vividly vividly because it was very grainy when it started. You put the video on, it was very grainy, right? And then all of a sudden, it it started playing properly, but there was no sound. And I remember I put the sound like really loud and it was about half past 11 at night and I was in bed. And all of a sudden, it full. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. I don't know how fast to get the fucking machine and try and switch it off, like. But yeah, but she was called Del Rio. Can I do that? Can I? We'll have to be cut out.
0: No, that's fine. I just love the fact that I'm learning worse and worse stuff about you every time you come on this podcast.
5: Oh, no. I'll tell you. John, I'm no, not, like, I'll, I'll tell you the one about uh, What is all oh, this? Oh, oh, oh! You'll be fascinated, but I can't mention that.
4: Right, he's ready. Yeah. So he bought this yacht called the Akista, right? He lured sailors away from New York City bars, got them drunk, raped them, and shot them with a stolen Taft's pistol. He then dumped their bodies near Execution Rocks Light in Long Island Sound. He he claimed to have killed ten sailors in all. The sailors' murders ended only uh, only ended after the Akista ran aground and sank the Atlantic City. So basically, not only was he <laughs> a shit thief, but he was a shit sailor as well.
3: This guy has no luck, has he?
4: No, his last two potential victims escaped to parts unknown. On October the 26th, 1920, uh, Panzram, using the pseudonym John O'Leary, was arrested in Stamford, Connecticut, for burglary and possession of a loaded handgun. In 1921, he served six months jail in jail in Bridgeport, Connecticut. He then caught, after leaving, uh, get- escaping from jail again, he then caught a ship to the South to south to southern Africa and landed in Luanda, the capital of colonial Portuguese Angola at the time. In nineteen twenty one, Panzram was a foreman of an oil rig in Angola. He later burned the oil rig down out of spitefulness. <laughs>
5: what do you hell burn yeah. it down? How do you burn an oil rig down? I mean it's pretty funny honest, I mean like yeah, it is oil.
0: Actually, yeah. Yeah. But like I love the fact that this guy He's creative in the sense of how he decides to kill things and decides to just burn down <laughs> an oil rig because fuck it and decides to basically emigrate to. to where was it? South Africa?
5: No, not South Africa.
4: Yeah? Where, Luanda? Yeah, or South Southern Africa?
0: Luanda, South Africa. And yet it's also the same person who didn't have the creativity to make himself a new persona, so he either shaved off his mustache or he just call, went from being called Jeff to being called Jefferson.
4: Yeah, pretty much.
0: How is the um, guy so creative at making all these things happen and yet so terrible at making new identities?
5: Because he must have had his own webpage. <laughs> <laughs> <need>, uh, he, <laughs> he has uh,
4: he later claimed that while he was there, he raped and killed a boy estimated to be around 11 years old.
5: In his Dirty bastard. Dirty fucking bastard. In his confession to the You know He should have he been hung by his balls. He should have been hung by his balls.
0: He might
3: have been,
4: you haven't heard it yet. Mm. Yeah, it just says it just said hung, it didn't say how. Mm.
5: <laughs> he might be hung
3: like a horse.
4: <laughs> <For> fuck's sake. <laughs> in his confession to this murder, he wrote, His brains were coming out of his ears when I left him and he will never be any deader. He also claimed that he hired a boat with six roars, shot the roars with a Luger pistol and threw the, the body, their bodies to the crocodiles. He did this several times over the course of twenty four hours, claiming to have killed up to twelve people in one day.
2: Surely
0: people should know is that this guy's hiring boats and then coming back with an empty boat.
4: <laughs> oh, them <laughs> crocodiles are hungry. <laughs> are
5: you sure we can talk about this sort of thing on my podcast? Yeah, yes, that's fine. On our podcast.
4: As long as you're not laughing at homos doing gang rape, we're fine.
5: I thought you said homos doing gang rape. I'm oh, that makes sure. it better. <laughs> Any better. <laughs> I thought you were... Trying to make it funny, but I mean, it's not its not funny at all, is it? It's fucking sick.
4: No, well, you're, good at, you're learning. It's about learning. After his return to the United States, Pansram asserted that he raped and killed two small boys, Dirty beating plastic. one to death with a rock on July the 18th, 1922 in Salem, and strangling the other later that year in New Haven. After his murder spree in Salem, Pansram worked as a night watchman in Abbey Court Mill Factory at Yonkers. He made Yonkers. a sexual Younger's.
5: He made what? Sexual what? Piss,
4: what? He ma- he made a sexual acquaintance with a 15-year-old boy named George Wallison in Providence. He stole a yawl and sailed to New Haven for victims to rob and rape and boats to steal.
5: He stole a what? A yawl? He stole
4: a yawl. What's a yawl? Yawl. Y-A-W-L. I do not know. I'll Google it. I'm Googling it
5: now. A, a yawl. He stole a Yawl.
4: A two-masted fore and aft rigged sailing and board with a mizzen mast stepped fore aft so that the mizzen boom overhangs the stern. That's a ship.
1: It's basically
0: a yacht.
4: He stole Is a he big ass yacht again.
0: <clears throat> right.
4: Yeah. Right. Well. Blah, blah, blah. At
0: least he's got style when he steals things and pisses off.
5: Yeah. you trying, trying can not be trying to get places quick, can he? Damn. <laughs> oh. Right.
4: In June 1923, in New Rochdale, New York, he stole a yacht belonging to the police chief of New Rochdale. He picked up Wallison and promised him a job on the board, but instead sodomized him. He what, nicked the a policeman's yacht so- now. The
5: police chief. He sodomized a the yard. police chief. Shut no,
4: up, <laughs> no. The right. So you know the young sexual acquaintance, fifteen-year-old boy, George George like Wallison.
2: Okay. Yeah, yeah.
4: Right. So Wait, he I stole. You know what I
5: mean.
4: Right, so earlier on it said he made a sexual acquaintance with a 15-year-old boy. He was yeah. called George Wallison. Mm-hmm. Then he stole a yacht, this yacht, sailed over to New Haven for victims to rob and rape and boats to steal. Then a year later, he came back to New Rochdale, stole the police chief's yacht and found this young kid, so he would have been 16 now, and said, you can have a job on the boat with us, but instead he sodomised him.
5: Oh, my God. Do you, have, do you think, I'm not, can I just stop you there? I mean, do you think, yeah. um, after what we've heard, do you think this guy might have been, uh, like, homosexual? Possibly. <laughs> possibly. Just, just quite possibly. <laughs> homosexual and a frigging pedophile. Anyway. <laughs> what, what,
3: what, what? Yeah, well, what was this again, Stefan? <laughs> On June 26th. We are now up to 1923. Is, what, what up to 1923?
5: Twenty-three. Yeah, in nineteen
3: twenty-three, it was quite common for um, elder men to have sexual partners with younger boys. Yeah, it was nothing illegal because Charlie Chaplin was one of them. What? Charlie Chaplin was a pedophile. It was perfectly legal and M.O.K. Um, okay by no s- standards of society. Are you
5: the, sure that's the, right?
0: The age of consent... Oh, that's right. The age of consent was 14 or 15 for Euro- for European nations and 16 in the Anglo-American
5: world. Fuck you, I, I suppose, in a way, people didn't live as long, did they?
0: Exactly.
5: I mean, that's no fucking excuse, is it? But What's I mean, that got to do with the life price of bread?
0: It's it's killing like the whole life. thing of in Romeo and Juliet. Juliet's actually 13, because back then that would have been the price. Just side. breathing. Just breathing.
5: Anyway, like the, the, the the Shakespeare play
0: in the Shakespeare play Romeo and Juliet back then in the, in the time that Romeo and Juliet had set a thirteen year old <laughs> was prime age because it was when they would just start puberty and, and so it was it was basically the
5: Are you sure you can talk about this sort of thing on my podcast?
0: Yes, because it's just history.
5: Jesus Christ!
0: It's oh. factual history.
5: What do you mean it's factual history?
0: It's factual history. Come
5: to, I'm um, taking off air for
3: facts, history, and some pedophilia along the side, apparently. It,
0: we're not accusing people of anything like that. It's not accusory. It's got, it's nothing like that. It's
3: educational. It's we're bringing facts to people.
0: It's basically like reading from a textbook. It's education. Granted, it's on the darker side of history, but it's still educational and it's just pure facts. There's
5: nothing.
3: We teach people now, they don't, t- they don't learn in school.
5: Well to anyone here, about this dirty bastard anyway. Carry on then. <clears throat> on
3: June twenty-seventh,
4: on the river near New York, uh Panzram was aboard his stolen yacht when a man attempted to come onto the yacht and rob him. Panzram shot him dead with a thirty eight calibre pistol and dumped the body of the river. And June... to...
5: hey, so somebody tried yeah. to, somebody tried to rob him. <laughs> yeah, mate. Yeah, exactly. On June the twentieth I'm surprised he didn't sodomise him first.
4: Might <laughs> yeah. On June the twentieth, Pans and Wallace in for Poughkeepsie. Pansram stole a thousand dollars worth of fishing nets at Newburn, New York. And then Wallison, after witnessing the murder, jumped overboard and swamped ashore. He reported to the police at Yonkers that he was sexually assaulted by Panzram. An alert went out for Captain John O'Leary on the 29th of June. And John O'Leary was arrested in Nijak, New York. Oh. On July the 9th, Panzram tried to escape from jail. He later conned his lawyer by giving him ownership of a stolen boat in return for bail money. Panzram skipped bail and the boat was confiscated by government agents. On August the 26th, O'Leary eh, was arrested in Larchmont, New York, after breaking into a train devil. Three de- oh, he's back at trains.
0: <laughs> how, Three can, days. How, can this, how can this guy be... This is the thing I don't get with this guy, <laughs> the fact that he's so smart that he would pay his lawyer in a boat that's stolen. And make sure that basically he's not losing <laughs> anything, and yet he, he gets caught by doing stupid shit like breaking into twin Yeah, yes.
4: three days later, oh. uh, something with that, Andy.
5: Sorry, I was just, uh, oh, no, I was just going right. through my mind. This isn't the sort of guy you want to go on a five year mission in Star Trek with being on your starship, is it? You know he'd I mean? nick he'd he, your you shit. You know, he, he, he wouldn't just nick it. he would sodomize everybody and kill them, wouldn't he? You know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs>
4: Three days later, on August the 29th, Leary was cleared as a suspect in a stabbing death committed a month prior at Dorothy Kaufman of Greenberg, New York. He was sentenced to five years imprisonment while in county jail. He confessed to the alias Jeff Baldwin. He was wanted in Oregon. In October, Penzoan was imprisoned at Clinton Prison in Denamore. He was discharged... July 1928, and he allegedly committed a murder in Baltimore in the summer of 1928.
5: So it looks like, it's like a, tap, a since he's it no Looks tap. like a tit with a little nipple on the end, doesn't it? <laughs> like hanging down. Why are you so obsessed with <laughs> <through> that <cover? laughs> Does this just
3: look weird.
5: Sorry, sorry, Steph. I was uh, distracted by yeah? on the ceiling. It's all right.
4: On August the 30th, 1928. <laughs> Panzram was arrested in Baltimore for a Washington, D.C. burglary. He stole a radio and a jewellery from the home of a dentist on August the 20th. During his interrogation, what? What he, he stole jewellery and a radio. Right. A radio? <laughs> yeah. Was, was it a DAB radio? It must have been. He must have it on his ship that he just nicked.
5: <laughs> for hard 70s. Yeah.
4: <laughs> no, it wasn't, this is 1928. They didn't have hard 70s. It hadn't happened yet.
5: Oh, of course, so he I wanted
4: can. hot 1870s.
5: Hot <laughs> oh, 1870s. <laughs>
4: woo,
5: woo, woo, woo. Can you feel the force? I <laughs> feel it. Right, carry on. Sorry, okay? carry
4: During his interrogation, he confessed to killing okay. three boys earlier that month: one in Salem, one in Connecticut, and 14-year-old newsboy in Philadelphia. Ram later wrote that he had contemplated mass killings and other acts of mayhem, such as poisoning a city's water supply with arsenic, or scuttling a British warship in a New York harbor to provoke a war between he's the United States Spanish and
0: Spanish
5: Britain. Ships
2: has he? has got his fetish with ships. He's
0: got this aesthetic of burning things down and sabotaging everything he can get his hands on.
4: So, hold guy- on.
0: Master at sabotage, a failure
5: at burglary, and gets caught every time he uses a new name. And likes to be sodomized by hobos, or homos, or whatever. <clears throat> Carry on.
4: But, it said that, so he planned all that, all that acts of mayhem, such as poisoning a city's water supply of arsenic, okay, that's viable, or scuttling a British warship in a New York Harbor to provoke a war between the US and Britain. So, how okay. was he going to sink a British warship in a New York Harbor? How was he going to do that? Because his well, Nick yacht he ain't going to sink a warship, is it?
5: You sound like this bloke is trying to probably trying to bugger the ship to death. <laughs> was, he, was he trying to do <laughs> the bloody... Was box he going to ram up ride? with a yacht? He was going to ram it with his yacht?
4: If <laughs> 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 he ever just bounce off it. For a start, he'd be approached with 3 miles. on If the wind was the wrong way, he wouldn't be able to get near it.
5: Um, <laughs>
0: imagine if it turns out this guy was... It was part of the boston tea party and this was just one of his attempts
5: oh yeah miles away that just the boston tea party was like years ago man i that know but sick.
0: can you imagine if he was like related or something or he just read it in a book or something and he was like right
5: i'm doing that mm. no i think he just like semen yeah <laughs> anyway yeah. Even...
4: in light of his extensive criminal record <laughs> Understatement. He received a 25 years to life sentence upon arriving at Leavenworth Federal Penitentiary, inmate number 31614. He warned the warden, I'll kill the first man that bothers me, and was given a solitary job in the prison laundry room. On June the 20th, he beat the prison laundry foreman Robert Wormk to death with an iron bar and was sentenced to death. He refused to allow any appeals of his sentence in response to offers from the death penalty opponents and human rights activists to intervene. He wrote, The only thanks to you and your kind will ever get from me for your efforts on my behalf is that I wish you had all one <laughs> is that I wish you all had all had one neck and that I had my hands on it. So basically he was like, If any human rights people try to save us, I'm just gonna strangle them
5: <laughs> oh, hell.
4: While on death row Panzram was befriended by an officer named Henry Philip Lesser who would give him money to buy cigarettes. He was also astonished by one of his oh, Panzram was so astonished by one of his acts of kindness uh, that after Lesser provided him with writing materials Panzram, while waiting his execution wrote a detailed summary of his crimes and nihilistic philosophy. In this he made quite clear that he did not repeat in the least of all the robberies, murders, rapes and arsons that he had been involved in. It began with a straightforward statement. In my lifetime, I have murdered 22 human beings. I have committed thousands of burglaries, robberies, larcenies, arsons, and last but not least, I have committed sodomy on no, on more than 1,000 male human beings. For all these, I am not the least bit sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that was the opening statement. Pansram like was... <laughs> <laughs> <Ram> was hanged on <laughs> September the 5th, 1930, As officers attempted to place a black hood over his head, he allegedly spat in the executioner's face. When asked for any last words, he responded, "Yes, hurry up, you hosier bastard! I can kill a dozen men while you're screwing around."
0: (laughs) (laughs) I like this guy
5: a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Um. His
4: grave at Leavenworth Penitentiary Cemetery is marked with only his prison number three (laughs) one six one four.
5: That's unbelievable. How is this guy not more
0: well known? This guy's a legend. (laughs) <laughs> he spat in <laughs> the guy. In the worst way, but he should be he should be like an urban legend that you use to scare children or some shit.
4: Yeah, he spat in the executioner's face, and when when the, he was asked for any last words he says, hurry up you, hosier bastard I can kill it doesn't while you're screwing around.
2: <laughs> mm. Well it's yeah.
4: So that's called Panzeram.
5: Pan's Ram.
0: Which country's next? Who's who's it between? It's me and you, isn't it?
4: It is you, so you can have Russia or you can have Germany.
0: Okay. Father, what? choose a country. Germany or Russia. Um, You've got the motherland or the fatherland. Yeah. Uganda, you mm-hmm. have to choose Russia or Germany.
5: Well, I don't like Russia. So Germany. I don't like Germany either.
0: Well, it's murderers from either, so it doesn't really matter.
5: What about... Um... What about that other country?
0: It has to be Russia or Germany. Mm. It's a specific topic about the thing. It has to be Russia or Germany, father.
5: I want Jordan to choose. He's got the. Jordan!
4: German. 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 Deutschland! Peter Curtin. Peter
5: Curtin?
4: Well, <laughs> it's actually got a out on the U, so it might be uh, cur- cur- Curtin. But I'm, I'm messing up everyone else's. So you know Peter Curtin. So it's
0: Peter Curtin,
4: yeah. Born twenty sixth of May eighteen eighty three, died second of July nineteen thirty one, by capitation by guillotine.
5: Sure, man. Nice.
4: He was a German serial killer known as the Vampire of Düsseldorf or the Düsseldorf Monster.
2: Ouch! 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 Ah!
4: He committed a series of murders and sexual assaults between February and November 1929 in the city of Dusseldorf. In the years before these assaults and murders, Curtin has amassed a lengthy criminal record for offences including arson and attempted murder. He also confessed in 1913 murders of a 9-year-old girl in Mulheim am Rhein and a 17-year-old girl in Dusseldorf. Described by Karl Berg as the king of sexual perverts... Curtin was found guilty of nine counts of murder and seven counts of attempted murder, for which he was sentenced to death by beheading on April in April 1931. He
5: was executed. So hang, on, hang, on, hang on a minute! Hang on a minute! He was, he was so in Germany the effect the, the it was the actual using beheading. Yeah, 1931. You do realize that? That bloke said, "Oh, I mean, he was the what? He was the king of what?" He didn't say it to the, him. Karl Berg said he was the king of sexual perverts. Well, I mean, I agree with that. I, I think, that, well, I'm not going to it because I don't think I can say this kind of what is all how. Our, our. I mean, that's well, just. The, I the disagree
4: because I think the other guy that we're just reading about was the king of sexual perverts. I
5: yeah. mean, that's just shocking. I mean, I mean, it's you young girls, you know what I mean? For God's sake. It's, it's,
4: right, it's Andy, this days. is 1931 and you're using ability.
5: A guillotine. I wouldn't give him. I would, I would kick him all over the place. First. Andy. i him a good beat with the bloody iron bar. Andy. say that can I? Yes, you can say that. I cut his balls off. I would make him eat his own balls. And and Andy. Uh huh.
4: Yep. yep. You're sure that he was executed by guillotine in 1831? You know the French still used it all about the 70s. The 70s. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then it, it had to be like a massive political movement and protests and stuff because it was found to be inhumane now.
5: Hang on a minute, you're telling me somebody in the 1970s was guillotined. Hold on. I'll sharp tell you.
0: I'll search for you keep on going with that.
4: All right. Yeah, he was executed on July 1931, age 48. He became known as the Vampire as Dusseldorf because he occasionally made attempts to drink the blood from his victim's wounds and also as the Dusseldorf monster both because the majority of his murders were committed in around the city of Dusseldorf and the savagery he inflicted upon the victims' bodies.
5: That's shocking, that. I'll tell you what it is. This is, this is, this is getting... Oh. Yeah, here we go. Uh, uh,
0: Hamida Jandoubi, uh, he was from <laughs> Tunisia. Uh, he was a Tunisian who moved to France. He was sentenced to death in France. He moved to Marseille, France, in 1968. And six years later, so 1974, he kidnapped, tortured, and murdered 23-year-old Elizabeth Buske, his former girlfriend. He was sentenced to death in in February 1977 and executed by guillotine in September that year. So 1977 was the last ever official guillotine death in the Western world. Jesus Christ, I can't believe it.
4: I've just read the first sentence, and I'm not surprised this guy was fucked up. Hmm.
0: Who? Which guy? The Hamida guy?
4: No, Peter Kern.
0: Ah, okay, fair do.
2: Oh, well. hey, Peter Curtin
4: was born into a poverty stricken abusive family in Moolhelm Am on the twenty sixth of may eighteen eighty three. The third of thirteen children, two of whom whom which died at an early age. Curtin's parents were both alcoholics who lived in a one bedroom apartment. Curtin's father frequently beat his wife and children, particularly when he was drunk. While intoxicated, Curtin's father often forced his wife and children to assemble before him, ordering his wife to strip naked and engage in intercourse with him as the oh, children watched.
5: What? His par- looks fell off. His
0: parents were. His parents were alcoholics. His dad used to beat his beat
4: his mother. I'll start this sentence again. Do you want us to start the sentence again?
5: No, oh, me, me looks fell off. Me me. hearing... What were they called? Hearing aids. Here, uh, hey. hey. oh, that ones. Yeah, sorry.
4: You're right. They lived in a one-bed apartment.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: His father frequently beat his wife and children, particularly when he was drunk. While intoxicated, Curtin's father often forced his wife and children to assemble before him, ordering his wife to strip naked and engage in intercourse with him in front of the children as they watched. Jesus. He was jailed for 15 months in, 19, in 1894 for repeatedly raping his eldest daughter, who was 13. Shortly man. thereafter, Curtin's mother obtained a separation order and remarried and relocated to Dusseldorf.
5: He should have been guillotined after that, I tell you. hmm In 1888?
4: Hold on. John.
5: Hold on. 1883. He was oh, born in I thought it was supposed to be light, light-hearted kind of entertainment. You know what I mean? Some this is like deep, heavy shit. You know,
0: some of it is, and sometimes we do the sometimes we do the heavier stuff, that are the factual, historical stuff.
5: So no, but it's we'll just it's, it's just really historical going historical downhill stuff. tonight. I mean, we talking. Uh, about... Do you want us to lighten it up? Oh, don't don't tell Wait. me you we know, want pinch a yacht or something. Dear God!
4: No. So in eighteen eighty-three, obviously he was born. So in eighteen eighty-eight, so when he was five. Mhm. Yeah. Curtin attempted to drown one of his playmates.
5: Oh, my God.
4: Uh, Four years later, he befriended a local dog catcher who lived in the same building as his family and began accompanying him on his rounds. The individual often tortured and killed the animals he caught, and Curtin soon became active and willing participant in torturing the animals. Mm. By being the eldest surviving son, Curtin was the target of much of his father's physical abuse. Although he was a good student, he later relocated uh, relocated his academic performance, suffered so due to his extensive physical violence he endured from his father. He frequently refused to return home from school. From an early age, Curtin often ran away from home for periods t- of time, ranging from days to often weeks. Much of the time Curtin spent on the streets was in the company of petty criminals and social misfits. Via these acquaintances, he was introduced to various forms of petty crime, in which he initially committed by means of feeding and clothing himself while living on the streets. He later claimed to have committed his first murder at the age of nine when he pushed a school friend who he knew was unable to swim off a log raft. When a second boy attempted to save the drowning youngster, Curtin held this boy's head underwater in order so that both boys drowned. Both deaths were ruled by the authorities as being accidental. So, yeah, this one started early.
5: Anyway, mm. Listen, on that note, I'm going to have to go away, boys, because I've got to be up early in the morning, OK? Okay, uh, I'll uh, I'll uh, I'll see you later. Okay, and uh, I've got to get down to the docks because as uh, have got to want to pinch. <laughs> yeah, I want to scuttle a battleship, yeah, but I don't want to But I don't know go I don't know go anywhere near fucking trains. I tell you that much for now.
4: Andy, can I keep you for five minutes?
5: Oh, i keep it like five minutes. Really make make, make it work. quick.
4: At the age of 13, he formed a relationship with a girl of his age, who, although happy to allow Curtin to undress and fondle her, would resist any attempts he made to engage in intercourse. To relieve his sexual urges, Curtin resorted to acts of bestiality with sheep, pigs, goats, and local stables. Oh, God. But later claimed he obtained the greatest ease of elation if he actually stabbed these animals just before achieving orgasm. Thus, he began stabbing and slashing animals with increasing frequency to achieve orgasm. Though he was adamant, his behavior ended with his observed. When he was observed stabbing a pig, he also attempted to rape the same sister his father had earlier molested.
5: Is Gia still there? Is he pulling it off? No, he's there. He's listening. He's not listening. He's with. You. <laughs> Is is he just he... Muted you can... I'm always listening in. I thought he was weird trying dresses on. In
4: 1897, Curtin left school. At his father's insistence, he obtained employment as an apprentice in Mulder. The apprenticeship lasted for two years before Curtin stole all the money he could find in his household, approximately 300 marks, uh, from the household of his employer. He ran away from home. He relocated to Coblins, where he began a brief relationship with a prostitute, two years his senior who he claimed willingly submitted to every form of sexual perversion he demanded of her. He was apprehended just four weeks later and charged with both breaking and entering and the theft, and subsequently sentenced to one month's imprisonment. He was later released from prison on August 1899 and reverted to a life of petty crime he had lived before the arrest. Then, his first attempted murder was on November 1899. In his ninth in his 1930 confessions to investigate, as Curtin claimed to have picked up an 18-year-old girl at the Alastrace and persuaded her to accompany him to Hofgarten. There he claimed to have engaged in sex with the girl before strangling her to death with his bare hands.
5: Hang on a minute, did he say that was attempted murder?
4: Yeah, this is his first attempted at murder.
5: Right, so she must have survived.
4: Yeah, so... No contemporary records exist to corroborate his claims. If this attack did take place, the victim likely survived his assault. Nonetheless, Curtin later stated that via committing this act, he had proven himself that the greatest of heights of sexual ecstasy could only be achieved in this manner.
0: It's, entire, it's So it's entirely possible he strangled her until she passed out. He left not realising she wasn't dead and then she
5: woke up some time later. Yeah. No, but can you strangle somebody till they pass out? Yes.
4: Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, when you strangle someone, the reason they pass out isn't because they necessarily can't like get air in their lungs. It's because they can't get oxygen to their brain. So right. if you if you if when you strangle someone, if you well if you can't breathe, obviously you'll die. But usually your oxygen starvation to your brain will make you pass out first because you trap the nerves in your neck. That's nice. <laughs>
5: no, it's not. <laughs> Carry on. We'll try to All I've the- got
4: to say, the- say to that, right, this is, right,
5: a- is- a- present for a Friday night. This, like, Andy. Yeah. Mm? Yes. Oh. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
4: Shortly thereafter, in 1900, Curtin was arrested for fraud. He could be re- re- he would be re later the same year for the same charge. Although on the second occasion, charges pertaining to his 1899 Dusseldorf thefts, plus the attempted murder of a girl with a firearm, were added to the indictment. Consequently, Curtin was sentenced to four years imprisonment on October 1900. He served the sentence in Darendorf, a, a, dist- a borough of Dusseldorf. Released in the summer of 1904, Curtin was drafted in the Imperial German Army. He was deployed in the city of Metz in Lorraine and served in the 98th Infantry Regiment, although he soon deserted. That autumn, Curtin became began committing acts of arson in which he would discreetly watch from a distance as emergency services attempted to extinguish extinguish the fires. Majority of these fires were in barns and haylofts, and Curtin would admit to the police that he had committed around 24 acts of arson upon his arrest on that New Year's Eve. He also freely admitted that these fires had been committed both for his sexual excitement and the hope of burning sheep tramps alive. Oh, no, sorry, sheep tramps. I'll start again. He also freely admitted that these fires had been committed for both his sexual excitement and in the hope of burning sleeping tramps alive.
0: <laughs> Dear God. So He's uh, trying to
4: burn people alive in the thing. Yeah, so he's like, I'll I burn some tramps alive or I'll wank over this fire. <laughs> Wait,
5: that's uh, going to put it out, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I said, that's not going to put it out, is it? Anyway...
4: <laughs> As a result of his desertion he, Re- uh, he was tried by military Re- by military court and convicted of desertion and additional multiple counts of arson robbery attempted robbery uh, and was subsequently imprisoned from 1905 to 1930 and he served his sentence in Munster with much of his time spent in solitary confinement for repeated instances of insubordination he would later claim to investigators and psychologists that this period of incarceration was that in which he first encountered severe forms of discipline such as erotic fantasies he had earlier developed while incarcerated in Darendorf expanded to include graphic fantasies of his striking out at society and killing masses of people. These fantasies never became more paramount and overbearing in his mind, and Curtin later claimed that he derived the sort of pleasures from these visions that other people would get from thinking about a naked woman, adding that he occasionally spontaneously ejaculated while preoccupied in such thoughts.
0: I would take some kind of <laughs> imagination to do that.
5: I well, don't understand what you're talking about. I mean, what I mean, he just he he could uh, he jizzed his off. pants while he was thinking about murdering millions of people.
0: He would basically be daydreaming in the middle of doing something completely mundane and normal, and he would just randomly jizz because he was daydreaming of something like that, and it would just get him off. Bloody hell!
5: Dirty bastard!
0: Anyway.
2: The
5: first
4: murder of Curtin, definitively committed, occur- occurred during 25th of May 1913. Mm. During the course of a burglary at a tavern in Mulhalm am Rhein, he encountered a nine-year-old girl named Christine Klein, asleep in her bed. Curtin strangled the child and then slashed her twice across the throat with a pocket knife, ejaculating as he heard the blood dripping from her wounds onto the floor by her bed. Hey, right? <laughs> right? Like, right
5: like, no- oh, okay, <laughs> no, okay. I'm gonna go. Right. Okay. Live long and prosper, oh, oh, boys, okay? Go Daddy, go bye. Go and listen to Silla. Nice Sailor Andy! Yeah, me. <laughs> for Friday.
4: No, <night. laughs> it hurts my head. It's really loud in the mic.
0: Please stop if it's too accurate, we might get taken off air for copyright. God,
4: yeah.
5: What, for my whistle, my, yeah, my whistle,
0: copyrighting. Sure, it, the tune, the, the tune of it, it's copyright, and if if it gets like noticed, it will get taken down Where because is that? they paid them to use it.
5: Live <laughs> long and prosper, boys.
0: See <laughs> you in a
4: bit, Nice.
2: Mate.
4: The following day, Curtin specifically returned to Corn to drink at the, in a tavern located directly opposite that in which he had murdered Klein. In order so that he could listen to the locals' re- reactions to the child's murder, he later relocate. Uh, reco- reco- I'll start again. He later recollected to investigators that he derived an extreme sense of gratification from the general disgust, repulsion and outrage he had heard in the parents' conversations. Moreover, in the weeks following Klein's funeral, Curtin occasionally travelled to Mulhelm and to visit the child's grave, adding that when he handled the soil covering the grave, he spontaneously ejaculated (laughs) This guy! Why is he spunking his pants all the time?
0: He's obviously getting pleasure from it.
4: Yeah, but he's clearly got a medical problem as well. Two months later, again in the course of committing a burglary with the aid of a skeleton key, like, they're just lying around, but yeah, okay, Curtin broke into the home in a, a home in Dusseldorf, co- discovering a 17-year-old girl named Gertrude Franken. Curtin manually strangled the girl, ejaculating at the sight of the blood spouting from her mouth. Curtin managed to escape from the scene of both this murder and that of client undetected. He's good at... As- uh,
0: yeah. Well, he's good at escaping and then admitting to what he's done later on.
4: Well, it's all in the... It's all in the, all at the, in the
0: end. final police report, isn't it?
4: Yeah. Um, just years after the murder of Franklin on July the 14th, Curtin was arrested for a series of arson attacks and burglaries. He was sentenced to six years imprisonment Although he repeated instances of insubordination while imprisoned, so his incarceration extended by further two years. Curtin served this sentence in a military prison in the town of Brieg, then part of the German Empire. Released in 1921, Curtin relocated at Altenburg, where he initially lived with his sister. Though his Through his sister, he became acquainted with a woman three years his senior named August Scharf a sweet shop proprietor and former prostitute who he had previously who had previously been convicted of shooting her fiancé to death and whom Curtin initially posed as a former prisoner of war. Two years later, Curtin and Scharf married, although the couple regularly engaged in sex. Curtin later admitted that he could consummate his marriage only by fantasizing about committing violence against another individual and that after their wedding night he engaged in intercourse with his wife only at her invitation. For the first time in his life, Curtin obtained a reg- regular employment, also becoming an active trades union official, though with the exception of, of his wife, he formed no close friendships. In 1925, he returned with his wife to Dusseldorf, where he soon began affairs with a servant girl, a servant girl named Teed and a housemaid named Mech. Both women were frequently subjected to partial strangulation when they submitted to intercourse, with Teed once being informed by Curtin that's what love means when discovering his when his wife discovered his infidelity Teed reported reported Curtin to the police claiming he had seduced her. met alleged Curtin had raped her the more serious charge was later dropped. though Teed's allegations were pursued, thus earning Curtin an eight month prison sentence for seduction and threatening behaviour. Curtin served six months of this sentence with his early release being upon the condition he left Dusseldorf. He later successfully appealed the ruling that he had to locate from the city. So, apparently, you can get arrested in Germany for seduction and threatening behaviour.
0: It depends on how threatening the behaviour is, to be honest, but yeah. It's just the fact that the
4: seduction is on the charge. Like, what if he wasn't threatening, and he was just charged with seduction?
0: I mean, that would, that, that, (laughs) I'd I'd probably laugh at that, to be honest, but Yeah, yeah.
4: On the 3rd of February, 1929, Curtin stalked an elderly woman named Apollina Kuhn. While waiting until Kuhn was shielded from the view of potential witnesses by Bushes, Curtin pounced upon her, grabbing her by the lapels of her coat and shouting the words, No row, don't scream, before dragging her into nearby undergrowth where he proceeded to stab her 24 times with a sharpened pair of scissors. Although many of the blows were inflicted so deeply that the scissors struck her bones... Kuhn survived her injuries. Jeez. Wow. Also, he was waiting until she was shielded from the view of potential witnesses by bushes. Does that mean there was people there anyway until she went behind the bushes? Or did he? does that mean he just waited for the bushes in case someone went past? Because if there was people there, how did they not hear him? On the 8th of February, Curtin strangled a 9-year-old Girl named Rosa Oliga into unconsciousness before stabbing her in the stomach, temple, genitals, and heart with a pair of scissors. Spontaneously ejaculating as he knifed the child, he then inserted his semen into her vagina with his fingers. Curtin then made a rudimentary effort to hide Orlinger's body by dragging it beneath a hedge before returning to the scene with a bottle of kerosene several hours later and setting the child's body alight. Achieving an orgasm at the sight of the flames, Orlinger's body was
0: found beneath a hedge the following day. I love the fact that it's—it's re- it's not that it doesn't state that he returned immediately after going to the shop to buy a car and gasoline or anything. It's several hours later as if he, <clears> is, if he hid the body left, and then, like, during his tea, six hours later, I decided, hold on a second, that maybe that wasn't enough, let's go and buy some fuel and just burn it, just to make sure. Like, he had forgotten about it, and then it just popped in his head as, like, a secondary thought.
2: Ooh.
4: Yeah. <sighs> right, oh, he then escalates. Five days later, out on the 13th of February... Curtin murdered a 45-year-old mechanic named Rudolf Schreer in the suburb of Flingen Nord, stabbing him 20 times, particularly about the head, back, and eyes. Following the discovery of Schreer's body, Curtin returned to the scene of the murder to converse with police, falsely informing one detective that he had heard about the murder via telephone. <laughs> so yeah, he then rocked up the scene just started talking to the police, like, oh yeah, what's going on? Uh, yeah, yeah. I've been stabbed. The guy in the eyes.
0: I mean, that's kind of one way to cover your tracks is to is to have an alibi of why you might know that something's there. Oh yeah, so someone phoned us, telling us about the situation. and like we tried to phone the police, but you're already here, type thing or something like that. I suppose it's one way to have a bit of an alibi of I kind of know what happened because someone for me, me friend saw a little bit of it in told me over the phone. Hmm. So it's not too too bad. It's not the smartest idea, but it's not too bad compared to some of the other stuff.
2: Mm
4: -hmm. Um, Despite the differences in age and sex of the three victims, and the fact that all three crimes have been committed in the same district of Dusseldorf, they're all being committed at dusk, each victim had had to receive multiple stab wounds, which likely inflicted a rapid succession. Every murder involved at least one wound to the temple. The absence of a common motive such as robbery in every case led investigators to conclude that the same perpetrator had committed all three attacks. Furthermore, the seemingly random selection of these victims led the criminologist to remark as to the abnormal nature of the perpetrator. Although Curtin did attempt to strangle four women between March and July of 1929, one of whom he claimed to have thrown into the Rhine River, He is not known to have killed any further victims until the 11th of August when he raped, strangled and repeatedly stabbed a young woman named Maria Hahn. Curtin had first encountered Hahn who he described as a girl looking for marriage on the 8th of August and he had arranged to take her on a date to the Neandatal district of Dusseldorf the following Sunday. After several hours in Hahn's company Curtin lured her into a meadow in order so that he could kill her. He later, he, he later admitted that Han had repeatedly pleaded with him to spare her life as he alternately strangled her, stabbed her in the chest and head, sat astride her body waiting for her to die. Han died approximately one hour after Curtin began attacking her. Fearful his wife might connect the bloodstains she noted on his clothes with Han's murder, Curtin then buried her body in a cornfield, only to return to her body several weeks later, with the intention of nailing her decomposed remains to a tree in a mock crucifixion to shock and disgust the public, however, Hans' remains proved too heavy for Curtin to complete this act. He simply returned her corpse to the grave before embracing and caressing the decomposed body as he lay beneath
0: her remains. Beneath, so he got into the grave first and then pulled her on top. Yeah, that he then how yeah. How decomposed as a body after seven weeks i'm pretty sure it's at a sort of stage where it's disgusting it said several i didn't say how long so wait it it said like sort of several weeks didn't it so several weeks yeah return to a body several weeks later even just like a week or so there's still yeah one decompose starts so fucking hell
4: He then re buries Hans' body, according to Curtin's later confession, both before and after he had attempted to impale Hans' corpse to a tree. He, quote-unquote, went to the grave many times and kept improving on it, and every time I thought thought of what was lying there, I was filled with satisfaction.
0: So in in his mind, he was basically making his own personal masterpiece?
4: Pretty much. Three months after Curtin had murdered Horn, he, impo- he posted an honest, anonymous letter to the police in which he confessed to the murder, adding that her remains had been buried in a field. In the letter, Curtin also drew a crude map describing the location of her remains. This letter would pre- prove sufficiently detailed to enable investigators to locate Horn's remains on the 15th of November. Following the murder, Curtin changed his choice of weapon from scissors to a knife in an apparent effort to convince police that more than one perpetrator was responsible for the unfolding crime spree. I mean, it's in not early. change. <laughs> it's not much, but you know. <laughs> in the early morning of the 21st of August, Curtin randomly stabbed an 18-year-old girl and a 30-year-old man and a 37-year-old woman in separate attacks. All three were seriously wounded and all stated to the police that their assailants had not spoken a word to them before he attacked them. Three days later, at a fairground in the suburb of Felk, Curtin observed two foster sisters, aged 5 and 14, walking from the fairground through the adjoining allotments en route to their home. Sending the older girl, Louise Lenzen, on an errand to purchase cigarettes for him upon the promise of being given 20 marks, Curtin lifted the younger child, Gertrude Hampshire, off the ground by her neck and strangled her into unconsciousness before cutting her throat and discarding her for her body and a patch of runner beans. While Lenzen returned to the scene, Curtin partially strangled her before stabbing her about the torso with one wound piercing her aorta. He also bit and twice cut her throat before sucking the blood directly from the wounds. Neither girl had been sexually assaulted and the fact that only Lenzen's footprints were found within several meet- seven metres of her body suggests that she may have attempted to flee from her attacker before collapsing. So, yeah. So, it. it-
0: if- it is very much. He doesn't really have a rhyme or reason. He just sort of gets the urge and goes, "Fuck it, next person I see, he's dead." Yeah, there's no rhyme or reason or plan. It's very much just the next person I see walking down the street, I'm going to strangle and stab them.
4: Yeah, it's very much a murder is a sexual release, and that's it. And the more the suffer, the better. Like the third, the the last guy he killed in the field before Han, uh, he was. It said that yeah. she now, took an hour to die from when he started attacking her. Yeah. Uh, this young luster thought he killed, the, just strangled the younger one Hydrant patrona Runner Beans, the older one that came back he then killed and they thought that should actually try to help so he probably stood then watched her fucking try to run away with her neck bleeding until she collapsed
3: Stop doing that shit
4: What? Don't watch it.
3: I'm out of I start going ding
4: <laughs> <laughs> The following day, Curtin accosted a 17 year old house uh, sorry, 27 year old housemaid named Gertrude Schultz, who He openly asked to engage in sex with him Upon being rebuffed, Curtin shouted Well die then, before repeatedly stabbing the woman In the head, neck, shoulder and back Should survive her injuries Although she was unable to provide investigators With a clear description of her assailant Beyond assuming his age to be around 40
0: That's a canny overreaction But also how how can you not give a description To the guy who came up to you and says Do you want to fuck? No, okay, die And then proceeds to try and kill you I'm or pretty, maybe
4: because it was that brief, and it's pretty fucking traumatic. She didn't really realize what he looked like, probably.
0: Yeah, but like, I'm i assu- I'm a human. I mean, I walk. I know it's traumatic and all that sort of stuff, and that you would forget things and bits and pieces. But I would, you've, we've seen cases where someone's seen someone for a split second, they've been able to say like, "Oh, he's probably about six foot. He's, he looks about forty. He's got a mustache." That's at least better than going out. He's about 40-ish.
2: Hmm.
4: No, that's true. You could give a bit of a description, but I'm guessing it's the trauma side of it.
2: Yeah.
4: Um, Curtin attempted two further murders, one by strangulation and another by stabbing in September, before opting, and this is where I think it's going to get worse, to predominantly use a hammer in his murders.
0: Oh, did he realise... Did he realise that it was too much work to strangle them and then stab them, so he thought, I'll skip a, I'll skip both steps and just bludgeon them, it's easier.
4: All I know, I feel like if this guy stabbed people with scissors with enough force to reach the bone, then the hammer's probably going to be worse.
0: Yeah, I get the feeling the hammer's probably caving skulls in.
4: Yeah. On the evening of the 30th September, Curtin encountered a 31-year-old servant girl named Ira Ruta at Dusseldorf Station. He successfully persuaded Ruta to accompany, accompany him to a cafe, then for a walk through the local Hofgarten, close to the Rhine River. At this location, he repeatedly struck her about the head with a hammer, both before and after he had raped her. At one stage in this assault, Ruta regained consciousness, began pleading with Curtin to spare her life. In response, he simply gave her another, gave her other hammer blows to the head and misused her. 11 days later, on the 11th of October, he encountered a 22-year-old servant girl named Elizabeth Droria outside a theatre. As had been the case with uh, Ruta, she agreed to accompany Curtin for a drink at a cafe before the pair took a train to Grafenberg, with a view to walk alongside the Klein Dussel River, where she was struck once across her right temple with a hammer, then raped. Curtin struck her repeatedly about the head and both temples with his hammer and left her for dead. Droria was found at 6.30am the following morning although she died from her injuries the following day without awakening from the coma in which she was discovered on the 25th of October Curtin attacked two women with a hammer both survived although in the second instance this was only because the hammer broke in the attack
0: (coughs) so one he's probably using cheap shit so a cheap hammer (laughs)
4: Kyle's Smith's up about the
0: quality of his hammer (laughs) And, um, oh, he hit them so hard that he snapped the wooden handle well there's the issue because he's hitting them hard but they're also surviving after the hammer so I'm wondering yeah. I'm wondering is he actually hitting them hard or is he just hitting them enough that it causes damage but he's not actually that strong I'm wondering from the sounds of it he sounds like he's a charismatic guy that's at least half decent looking because he's managing to lure these people away But it also sounds like he's not that strong because even though he managed to plunge a pair of scissors to the bone, he's not managing to do that much damage with a hammer. So it sounds like he sort of got the—he's got thrust and force, but he doesn't have the brute force to use a bludgeoning weapon. So the swing,
4: yeah, yeah, I get, I get you there. Um, or it's because he's hitting them repeatedly in the head. He knows that even if they survive they're going to die or they're going to be in a vegetated state for the rest of their life anyway so he's never going to get caught so he's not asked because his whole thing is he inv- he loves killing and stuff like adding the blood but it's the... It's Don't the... Worry. Yeah, so when he was prolonging the, the earlier murders, that's when he was getting the most satisfaction from it.
2: Uh, yeah.
4: So,
0: uh, yeah. I, yeah, but... The, the, get better equipment. <laughs> I know I'm making a bit of a light-hearted and light thing and a bit of a joke about it. I'm not I'm not being evil there and I'm just trying to lighten the mood because this is a very dark episode like me dad's. This is mad
4: though. On the 7th of November 1929, he encountered a five-year-old girl named Gertrude Alberman in the fin- Flingern district of Dusseldorf. He persuaded the child to accompany him to a section of deserted allotments where he seized her by the throat and strangled her. Stabbing her once in the left temple with a pair of scissors as he did so, when Alberman collapsed to the ground without a sound, Curtin stabbed the child 34 further times in the temple and chest before placing her body in a pile of nettles close to a factory wall. So he gave up
0: on using his hammer and went back to his trusty scissors.
4: But stabbed in the temple, little oh man.
0: Yeah, I mean it takes some force to... If it, if he managed to get through the skull, it takes some force to get through that because it's one the. I know it's... It's it supposed
4: matters. to be the strongest, but it's, it's, if he's stabbing in the temple, then the point
0: is that's a weak point. So
4: it's there's, there is a a, a weakness there, yeah. and it's easier to break
0: through. There is, a, there is a weakness, and it is a bit easier to break through, but also to be able to do it. I mean, I don't know whether he was specifically aiming for it or anything, but to specifically aim for that weak point, especially from the history of this guy, is extremely fucking accurate and extremely precise. Hmm.
2: Yeah. Mm. i just want to i just, just
0: want to add in at this point anybody who's listening don't try this at home this is education <laughs> this is yeah. sort of a, these are the evil people of the past and hopefully these things will not happen again we're not endorsing any of this we're not re- we're not saying like this was good or anything like we might laugh saying they were hilarious because he, this guy stole a yacht and decided to try and sink a Navy the Royal Navy ship by scuttling it or things like that we might be making lighthearted remarks but seriously this is a serious topic and we know how dark and how terrible these things are do not try or endorse or think lightly of any of this because these are... Some of the darkest things in history. I've just put in chat um, the picture. Picture of him. Yeah. And you see, he lo- He's
1: got a. He's got a hitler tash.
0: He does have a hitler tash. He looks like an affluent businessman. He looks like a wealthy businessman. So it's entirely possible that he was luring them away with the promise of basically making them a bit of wealth. Whether it was either from a quick fix or being like. I'm a wealthy person, do you want to become mine and I'll make your life easy for the rest of your life type thing but Yeah, he, he does look like the in the pictures at least, he looks like an affluent businessman who, is, who has quite a bit of money behind him and has probably got a bit of wealth, I don't know if he actually was or not but it, the presence that he has there is very mm-hmm. much I own a company, I can make you wealthy yeah so um
4: yeah, so so I'll I'll
0: I'll kind of flick through because now it's about his arrest and investigation. So after this one show, we end because we've been going for like three hours in this recording so far. I think
1: Yes, it's the longest episode we've ever done.
4: Yeah, <laughs> it can be cut though. It can be
0: well off. apart from when we tried to do uh, streaming on Twitch and it took like two hours just to set up. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, but yeah, anyway. uh, yeah. But apparently. Oh, I've skipped ahead a bit too much, sorry. Uh, (laughs) The murder proved to be his final attack, although he did engage in a spate of non-fatal hammer attacks and attempted strangulations between February and May 1930, maiming 10 victims in these assaults. All recipients survived, and many were able to describe the attack to police. On the 14th of May, an unknown man approached a 20-year-old woman named Maria Budlick at Dusseldorf Station. Uh, Discovering Budlick had travelled to Dusseldorf from Köln in search of lodgings and employment, he offered to direct her towards a local hostel. Budlick agreed to follow the man, although she became apprehensive when he attempted to lead, to lead her through a scarcely populated park. The pair began to argue, whereupon another man approached the duo, ask her, asking whether Budlick was being pestered by her companion. When Budlick nodded, the man with whom she had been arguing simply walked away. The identity of that man who was uh, who, ostensibly came to Budlick's aid was Peter Curtin. So, in a twist there, I thought he was leading her astray, but it wasn't. It was him that went and helped her.
2: Hmm.
4: Uh, Curtin invited the distressed young woman to his apartment and and the met Mastras and began to eat and drink before Budlik, correctly deducing the underlying motive for Curtin's hospitality, stated that she was uninterested in engaging with sex with him. Curtin calmly agreed and offered to lead Budlik to a hotel, although he insisted, he instead lured her to the Graftenberg woods where he seized her by the throat and attempted to strangle her as he raped her. When Budlich began to scream, Curtin realized his grasp on her throat, uh, released his grasp on her throat before allowing her to leave. He did not, re- uh, Budlik did not report this assault to the police, but described her ordeal in a letter to a friend. Although she addressed the letter incorrectly as such, the letter was opened by the post office clerk on the 19th of May. Upon reading the contents of the letter, the clerk forwarded the letter to the Düsseldorf police. The- why is the fucking post office clerk reading people's name, Milton Meal. Yeah,
0: wh- wh- one, one. Why the <laughs> other,
4: but also? Oh, this is the wrong address. I'll just read it.
0: But also, literal definition of out of the f- out of the fine pan into the fire. Yeah. Um, b- 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 uh,
4: the letter was read by Chief Inspector Gennat, who assumed that there was a slim chance Budlik's assailant might be the Dusseldorf murderer. Chief Inspector Gennat re- interviewed Budlik, who recounted her ordeal further divulging one of the reasons Curtin had spared her was because she had falsely informed him that she could not remember his address. She agreed to lead the police to Curtin's home the Mount Manor Streis, and when the landlady of the property led Budlick into room 71, Budlick confirmed to the chief inspector at Garnett that this was the address of her assailant. The landlady confirmed to the, spe- the, to the chief inspector that the tenant's name was Peter Curtin. Although Curtin was not at home, when Budlick and the Chief Inspector Gennart searched his property, he spotted the pair in the communal hallway and promptly left. Knowing that his identity was now known to the police and suspecting they may also have connected him to the crimes committed by the vampire of Dusseldorf, Curtin confessed to his wife that he had raped Budlick and that, because of his previous convictions, he may have served 15 years' penal labour. With his wife's consent, he found lodgings at the Alderstraus district of Dusseldorf and did not return home until the 23rd of May. Uh, Upon returning home, he confessed to his wife that he was the Vampire of Dusseldorf. With Curtin's full consent, he urged his wife to collect the substantial reward for his capture. August Curtin contacted the police the following day with the information provided to the detectives. Curtin's wife explained that although she had not known her husband had repeatedly been imprisoned in the past, she was unaware of his culpability to any murders. She then added that her husband had confessed to her this culpability, in the Düsseldorf murders and that he was willing to likewise confess to the police. Furthermore, he was to meet her outside of St. Rogers Church later that day. That afternoon, Curtin was arrested at gunpoint. Uh, from then on, he freely admitted it um, and totally admitted to 68 crimes, including 10 murders and 31 attempted murders. Um, he made no attempt to excuse his crimes, but justified them upon basis of what he saw as the injustice has seen encountered through his life, nonetheless, he would—he uh, was adamant that he had not tortured any of his child victims. Cutting, I mean, picking them up by the neck and stabbing them in the temples—pretty much
0: torturing them. It's he also just, a bit. On how quickly it was, though, because it, it also you got to think in his mind the torture was the hour long and all that sort of stuff, hmm. and the the um the rape and stuff. So in his mind, he probably didn't torture them. He probably just gave them a swift death in his mind because it wasn't as brutal or as prolonged as the others.
4: Curtin also admitted to both investigators and psychiatrists that the actual sight of the victim's blood was, on many occasions, sufficient to bring him to orgasm, and that on occasion, he, if he experienced ejaculation in the sight of str- in the act of strangling a woman, he would immediately become apologetic to his victim, proclaiming, "That's what love is all about." He further claimed to have drunk the blood from the throat of several victims, from the temple of another, and to have licked the blood from a third victim's hands. In these instances he drank so much blood from the neck or in one of these instances, he drank so much blood from the neck wound that he inflicted upon victim Maria Hahn in the park that he vomited. Curtin also admitted to have having decapitated a swan in the spring of nineteen thirty in order so that he could drink the blood from the animal's neck, achieving ejaculation in
0: the process. So, he had the world's largest case of post-nut clarity by literally stopping murder because he came and realised what he was... realised that he was doing something wrong. That's the, like... If there was ever a case to say men should never do any decisions before, I think that's probably a good case. Yeah. I mean, not a good case, but you know what I mean. That's ridiculous. Um, why a swan? What made him, th- no, out of all these, why randomly a swan? I don't
4: know. Uh, the psychological study, as he awaited his trial and execution, said he was fucking nuts. Uh, Dr. Carl Berg, in the interview, stated that his primary motive in committing any form of criminal activity was one of sexual pleasure, that he began to associate ses- associate sexual excitement with violent acts and the acts. And the sight of blood, via indulging in both daydreams and masturbation fantasies, particularly when he had been isolated from human contact. The majority of his assaults and murders had been committed when his wife had been working the evenings. The number of stabs or bludgeons, bludgeoning wounds, could inflict upon each victim had varied depending on the length of time the length of time it had taken him to achieve orgasm. Furthermore, the actual sight of his victim's blood had been integral to his sexual stimulation. Curtin further elaborated to Dr. Berg that once he had committed an attack or murder, the feeling of tension he experienced before the commission of the crime would be superseded by one of relief. In reference to the actual choice of weapon, he had stressed that although he had changed his actual method of attack to deceive investigators under believing they were seeking more than one perpetrator, the weapon he used... Was inconsequential in reference to his ultimate objective of seeing the victim's blood. Elaborating, he said whether I took a knife or a pair of or a hammer in order to see blood was a matter of indifference or mere chance. Often, after the hammer blows, the bleeding victims moved and struggled just as they did when they were thralled. He then further confided that although he had occasionally penetrated his female victims, that he had only done so to feign the act to feign the act of coitus as a motive for his crimes. He also confessed that many of his later strangulation victims had only survived his attacks because he had achieved orgasm in the early throes of the assault. Both Berg and other psychologists concluded that Curtin was not insane. He was fully able to control his actions and appreciated the criminality of his conduct, each ruled that Curtin was legally sane and competent to uh, stand trial. So he was actually trialled because they said he wasn't insane.
0: I suppose... In, logically speaking, he wasn't insane, he was just a very specific kind of adrenaline junkie.
2: Hmm.
3: So does that mean we're not insane, we're just a special, like, adrenaline junkie. Don't compare us to him, please, but, yeah. It, I'm not comparing us to him, I'm just saying that, I'm like,
0: Basically just chasing a very specific high in a very specific format, which
3: he... I, I, I can I could see where he, where he's coming from. I'm intrigued by this guy. He, he could
0: probably I thought it would be. He could probably find the same sort of release from other activities, like other extreme activities. But I think that's the one that he discovered first, and that's the one he kind of went with for the rest of his life, from the sounds of it. Because I, I mean, if if it was just for the thrill and uh, like the ejaculation, all that sort of stuff, usually there's. Although there's other things like like stated, it was usually when his wife was working nights and he basically couldn't be with his wife and
3: things like that. So it does it does mean he could get pleasure. So Uh, in all fairness, there is like a sexual play called blood play, which in BDSM culture it it does has the same effect on people. You know, cutting up the part as during sexual activities, which does get them on a high on sexual gratification. Yeah, it's
0: it's just he took it to the max extreme that and it wasn't in a safe environment.
3: Maybe the swan just forgot the safe word. God fuck's sake. (laughs) Have to add some humor into there. Okay Swan, what's the safe word? Honk, wrong one. I'm the queen Ah, Well, lads, it's getting a bit late. Hold on, just
4: before you do. On the 13th of April 1931, he stood trial in Dusseldorf. He was charged with nine counts of murder, seven attempted murder, and was tried before presiding judge Dr. Rose. Curtin pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity to each of the charges. Aside from when delivering the testimony, Curtin spent the duration of this trial surrounded by a heavily guarded shoulder-high, iron cage specifically constructed to protect him from the attack of the enraged relatives of his victims, and his feet were shackled whenever he was inside the cage. Makes sense. So he was in his own fucking special cage, and afterwards um, on the evening of July 1st, 1931, he received his last meal. He ordered a wiener schnitzel, a bottle of white wine, and fried potatoes. He ate the entire meal before requesting a second helping. Prison staff decided to grant his request. At 6 o'clock in the morning on July the 2nd, Peter Curtin was executed by Karl Gropla with the guillotine in the grounds of the Kingelpultz prison in Köln. He walked unassisted to the guillotine, flanked by the prison psychiatrist and a priest. Shortly before his head was placed on the guillotine, he turned to the psychiatrist and said, "Tell me, after my head is chopped off, will I still be able to hear at least for a few moments the sound of my own blood gushing from the stump on my neck, and that would be all that would be the pleasure and all pleasures when asked whether he had any last words to say, he simply replied, No, and then lay down on the block <laughs> um,
2: oh wow! Uh, and then afterwards the words, no.
4: His head was bisected and mummified. The brain was removed and subjected to forensic analysis in the attempt to explain his personality and behaviour. The examinations revealed no abnormalities. The autopsy conducted upon Curtin's body revealed that aside from his having an enlarged thymus gland, he had not been suffering any physical abnormality. So, it, there's nothing to say he was insane other than the fact he was fucking insane. I
0: right, last word. I don't think he was actually fully... In- like the doctor said, I don't think he was insane, because he had the, lo- he had the logical thought of realizing, there's a price on my head, I'm going to get caught anyway, I've done wrong by my wife, if my wife turns me in, she can get the reward and live a nice life, and while he was married to her, while he was with her, he was quite decently behaved it was just when mm. she wasn't there that he was doing all this stuff so he wasn't exactly he wasn't exactly insane it was more just it's not insanity more uh, extreme ten, extreme tendencies extreme thrill chasing when basically he needed to be babysat constantly and when he mm-hmm. was, he had a tendency to wander off and find, find pleasure.
3: Yeah, and the moral of the story is uh, to our two hundred and seventy odd lis- um, female listeners. Baby keep an eye. and keep an eye on what your boyfriend or husband's doing.
4: Also, if you walk around in the dark and a man with a bowler hat and a Hitler moustache comes anywhere near you, scream and run away. Well, if it's Charlie Chaplin,
0: and if and if either- you've been haunted. If that person <laughs> decides that on upon your first meeting with them, you're going to go on a train journey to the fucking coast or wherever, <laughs> you're going to go on a train journey with them because that's just bloody mormonic.
2: Yeah.
3: I find it quite uh, h- hilarious. Uh, a German guy, ever hit that tash, asking young women to go on a train ride.
0: God's sake. Jake,
3: what is that
4: with
0: you, buddy? That is a fucking stretch.
4: Also, this was before Hitler, so it wasn't a Hitler-tache at the time. It was a pencil moustache.
0: It was just a fashionable pencil moustache,
4: yeah. Yeah, so, what, part two next?
3: No, it's not part two next week. We've got other plans next week. Unfortunately, um, the rest of the other topics aren't going to be um, talked about. No, is the game going to be played? Because we had, like, an hour special of the Zodiac. Well, you can
4: keep that game and we can't do it at a later date. And I'll talk to Kyle about Alexander Petrushkin.
0: What was the game? I heard that there was going to be a mini game.
2: Kicked us in the face. and
0: then there was no game. My foot's gone numb because I've been sitting cross legged this entire time. What was the game?
3: (laughs) Uh, You find out a game in part two, which is going to be revealed probably in January.
4: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, bitch. Um, Serial Killers episode part two, coming soon, January 2021. <laughs>
3: 2021.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you got to start the year at a fucking high, as in,
4: fucking oh. like, depths of ours. Yeah, oh, will probably start the year high if he gets his own way. Yeah,
2: bro.
3: But... <laughs> I am a good boy. Yeah. Radio, has anyone got any last
2: words before we get capitated? I'm hungry.